and welcome to episode 408 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparas, coming to you from the Austin Cook Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. Go to patreon.com slash laser time if you want to get in on the studio naming action. Who's joining me? From hell's heart, I stab at thee. For hate's sake, I spit my last breath at thee. Matthew Allen. I appreciate you getting in the spirit of this. And special guest. Hello, hello. This is Mike Williams. From PC Mag, how's everybody doing this evening? Oh, morning? we're doing great. Mike Williams, now a PC Mag, formerly of U.S. Gamer fame. That Mike Williams? I, I wouldn't call it fame. Uh, I, 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 I can at least I can at least hope for infamy, but I, I don't even know oh, if I, I got that. You've got a pretty good following. Chris Antista will be joining us. His computer just shit the bed and so we're waiting for him to <laughs> not be doing that anyway pc meg do you have any other projects you want to plug up front as long as we're we're on the topic no other projects i'm, I'm actually working on doing some other projects but i don't have any right now okay i mean it's been a while since you've been on the show yeah. mike we don't a lot has happened in this time you know it's uh, uh yeah that, that that it has been a very long time hasn't it's been it? a while it's been uh, a while. I guess I, guess I do blog. Flying. I have a medium blog on the side into the discourse where I talk about comics, movies, television. Really? Yeah. The discourse. I do like that. I don't like the discourse, but I do like that you have an article about the discourse. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Into the discourse is the name and the logo is a black hole. So you can like, I feel the sure. same about the discourse as you probably do. I, I tend to flee from the discourse. It's my <laughs> yeah. least favorite thing about pop culture. Just show me the thing. I don't want to know. Yeah, about I'll just, discourse. I'll just monitor it obsessively. I won't say anything mm -hmm. uh -huh. <laughs> unless it's about video games we've got a fun show planned gonna embark on a topic near and dear to the heart of every gamer revenge revenge hence my con quote to yes the show. yes it's pretty good isn't that shakespeare whatever um it, it is it is yeah. shakespeare but i mean it's con but also con because he's really smart and quote shakespeare that's, that's look true. michael more people know it from con than shakespeare fine fair point, you, you fair, get point. It. fair point top five revenge stories looking into these it's one of those things where like you think like well isn't every game basically about revenge and specifically like if, if you want to just get into like this is a story about revenge from start to finish then they're rarer than I expected. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to talk about, like, fighting game characters. There's lots and lots of revenge subplots there, obviously. You've got from Chun-Li to Scorpion, everybody's got a vendetta. These are dedicated vendettas. Just nothing but vendetta from start to finish. And little, little deconstructions sometimes of what that does to people. Well, and, and I, I would think, you know, we talk about, like, some people would assume, like, well, isn't every game about revenge? I don't know that it's yes. There's a lot of games that are that have revenge storylines, but I, I would say, isn't it? What is it like? There are only seven original stories or something like that. Like re mm -hmm. revenge story being oh, one of yeah. those. So, so so video games rip off other more of those other seven stories, right? There's there's other things of chasing red herrings and chasing you know little MacGuffins and stuff like that, driving stories along. But revenge is commonly the purpose to move your pixels around that screen absolutely yeah and i mean there's also the like the tv trope of it is the roaring rampage of revenge which mm -hmm. i just love the alliteration of that but like actually like going in and just you know that that whole like lady snowblood yeah um kill bill kind of like let's let's get in there and it's just here's the inciting incident and here's all the murder before we get to the yeah. the last one 
Somebody took someone you love and left you for dead. Now you just systematically kill everyone they've ever met before getting to them. Yeah. Right. Yes. I think, though, for for our list, Michael, correct me if I'm wrong, we tried to focus it on revenge plots that really were based around a true personal vendetta. Like, these people had been personally wrong. They were taking revenge for themselves. And usually out on, on one... At least a, a one single group, or mo- more than likely one person, but where it's not one person, it's like, yeah, kind of a real focused group. It's not just like, we're going to kill them all, you know? It's like, no, they know who wronged them, and they were chasing after that person most of the video game, which pretty much means they're probably the end boss. To, to quote that meme that's going around Twitter these days, you know, post a picture of yourself, mm-hmm. and that is your, your end boss in a video game. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine what somebody would have had to do to, to climb all the way to you and, and look right. the part. Me with my, I think it's like on a New Year's Eve, I'm wearing like an inflatable crown. I was like, yeah, this, this seems about right. I, I would just be some joker-looking motherfucker. <laughs> the, the personal aspect, I guess, hadn't really entered into my thinking, but I mean, as an all-revenge personal in the end... Sure, sure. I mean, some some of it, like like you know, like John Wick. That is a very mm. personal revenge in that first film. But after True. that, it's kind of just like a ah, I'm just killing a yeah. bunch of people now. Like it's not very personal anymore, mm-hmm. right? Some sometimes you're getting revenge on behalf of friends or or larger groups of people, and these these stories tend to be like no, they. They fucked you with this person or their family, man. Like that's you know, that's right. You, you don't you don't do that. Yeah, yeah. We've got a bunch of other stuff to talk about. Blizzard put out an anthology last week. Well, they had a BlizzCon last week. Yeah, that too. That too. <laughs> Why did they have a BlizzCon last week? Did, did, did that's new, right? Yeah. February BlizzCon. Who's joining us? Hi. Sorry, Chris. Hi. Hello. Are you guys already recording? Yes, we are. I'm late. I'm sorry. Uh, my dog ate my podcast. Uh, sure. Excellent um, excuse. It's Friday. Anyone here, I apologize. I'm off watching the Tom and Jerry movie. That is obviously the most important release of the week. Obviously. I appreciate everyone listening instead of doing that, which really, what's wrong with you? Tom and Jerry <laughs> have a movie. <laughs> it's one of those movies where cartoon characters interact with live action people, the highest form of all cinema. <laughs> it's what probably... I Probably a good share of revenge in the Tom and Jerry movie. Yeah, you know? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I suppose this is it should be about sustenance. They are a cat and a dog, but Ken Jeong is in there doing something with the girl. From yeah, the- yeah, that's a very weird film because if I recall correctly, they shot it like two years ago. Like it's one of those movies that's been binned, and now is the time that you decide. Yeah. There's probably going to be like a lot of Trump references and <laughs> wearing a mask in the middle of New York. It's going to be great. I mean, you know this, everyone, because you are you watched it already. There's no way you listen to the show first on Friday. It's at some point in the movie. Does Ken Jong sit in a big sombrero, and then as Tom and Jerry are fighting, does he go, "I'll allow it"? Because if not, I'm out. I don't want any part of that movie. Is that a reference to the reality show he's on, or that that no, community, it's community that community meme? Is, oh, I think that 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 cowboy character who can roll a cigarette with his tongue and Tom and Jerry. I'm a big Tom and Jerry fan. I was. I'm not joking about that. I believe you. Yeah, Someone can roll a cigarette want. with their tongue. Was was that just their like low rent Pecos Bill? Because Pecos Bill could do that shit hands free, baby. Yeah, he lit that shit with a bolt of lightning. It was amazing. <laughs> wow, we're going back, Pecos Bill. Whew. Fucking yeah, dude! Don't you know who you're on the podcast with man? Is <laughs> <laughs> I think I have the unedited version of Pecos Bill 
but there is an edited version out there. I think the first DVD, and they remove his cigarette. And by remove his cigarette, I mean they digitally removed only his cigarette, but he rolls it with his lips and tongue. So there's like yeah, a yeah. minute sequence where a character just like, there's nothing there, and then yeah. brings lightning to his face. <laughs> yeah, he flicks it in the air, catches it, and then catches wow. yeah. mm. Did anyone else, so like, you know, my whole life I've kind of had a fear of bustles because of that cartoon, that Disney cartoon short, you know, because she bounced right off the face of the earth because of that fucking bustle, mm. right? Oh, and like wow, the first yeah. time I encountered a bustle in the wild, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You gotta be careful with that thing, right? Did you, Mike? You were not prepared for 1950s animation <laughs> conversation. No, no, I was not, especially in. in a, I, like I do appreciate up. you, Chris, swooping in and, and saving our relatively focused conversation about <laughs> games with with revenge. Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm I'm serious. It's great. I just, I'm so fresh uh, because life is terrible. And this is all endless. I I just woke up. I've never. I'm fresh as a daisy. I mean, technically, Perfect. isn't Tom and Jerry about revenge? We don't know yes. who yeah. was the inciting it's, incident. It's a continual cycle of revenge and uh, and and hurt and pain and yeah, they're just always at each other. It's usually place. Jerry. Like in the early cartoons, right. Tom is trying to eat Jerry. Therefore, right. Jerry looks like the protagonist. And then as you move forward, it's like. Well, I think he just remembers that one time he tried to eat him, and Jerry just, like, kicks that dude in the dick. Like, he's probably asleep <laughs> and, like, has mousetraps thrown on his nuts. It's, like, it is something about revenge. And this is, this show is also sponsored by HBO Max, so we should say that. I just, it is? No, is it? no. no. I wish. <laughs> no, I assure you there's no money coming towards us from HBO Max. Yeah, if, it was, if it was, it would be less than a free subscription. If it was, it'd be a guy literally named HBO Max. Like, his yeah. name is... <laughs> hey, I'm HBO Max. <laughs> Let's be honest, we're a Paramount Plus podcast. <laughs> wow, yeah. I mean, I, I, I really can't argue because I have a CBS. Like, that's like everyone's like, oh, they're selling Paramount Plus. I'm like, I already have a CBS All Access subscription. So, like... I wanted to get on there today, but um, it looks like they're going to... I read this on a video game website that they're going to lower prices to be more competitive because no one wants another $15 subscription. Don't no. They? No. Oh, here's some video game news. I'll tie it back to Paramount+. Plus. Did you see that Halo, that Halo TV series, is moving from Showtime to Paramount+. Plus? So did not. I, I saw that the new Rugrats looks like a video game and is very disturbing. Okay. Yes, the Halo TV series will be coming to Paramount Plus in 2022. If you if you want to hear me and Chris shit on Paramount Plus a lot, uh, check out the Monday Night Movie recap stream that I think we're going to release on Patreon where it, we kept getting ads. We were watching an ad version of House Party, and so me and Chris kept getting literally the same Paramount Plus ads. It was great. Yeah, but on Anthony, we're going to have, uh, <laughs> yes. have a conversation about that someday. Uh, para, <laughs> what is it? Pluto TV. Um, he was not getting the same targeted ads that we were. He wasn't getting ads half the time, and he he kept saying, "Well, maybe this is the Black History Month discount that I keep hearing about." Like he wasn't getting any ads, and me and Chris were getting the same ads for generic fake Peloton and Paramount Plus. Yes, <laughs> the things I won't do for SpongeBob. <laughs> All right, well, the video games, yeah, video games, revenge. Get into after this, right? 
Do you like Video Game Apocalypse in 30 2010? Well, the LaserTime Patreon has figured out a way to combine the two over at patreon.com slash lasertime. We've taken a month's worth of 302010's games from 30, 20, and 10 years ago and grabbed the hosts, Michael Raparez and Matthew Allen from Video Game Apocalypse. And with our combined three decades plus in the games industry, we found a great way to take a deep dive into the biggest gaming anniversaries of the month. Here's a recent sample. This is the year. This is the. This is when I discover Layaway, and that would have been Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Two: The Arcade Game. Such a strange phenomenon that uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Two is like this. Make good. Like here's the what you wanted. Let's ignore the incredibly difficult Ultra Games platformer. <laughs> the side scrolling. It should be worth appreciating how hard that was to do, because I think they just yeah. assumed like there's no way we can optimize a game for arcades onto an NES like. Somebody in Japan said, well, you better fucking try, because you have one year. <laughs> yeah, this game should not have been able to run on the NES. Like, there's no... I, I don't know how they did it. Which was weird, and... Uh, but for some reason, at the time, that seemed more exciting. Like, it, Pizza it was. Hut was a very dynamic brand in the 80s and early 90s. Yeah, it was... Um, I, I believe some YouTuber a few years ago took one of the coupons from either the game or the, the VHS... And uh, Pizza Hut honored it. <laughs> Here you go. Here's a free personal pan pizza. It's only worth 11 cents. It's never been worth, it's been worth more than that. Because um, uh, I, did, I did see someone build, literally, Michael, a custom arcade uh, uh, arcade one-up for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game, not the arcade game on which it's based. And the dude put... Pizza Hut coupons from the game underneath the glass of the <laughs> the deck protector. God, that is that is some Street Fighter to the game based on it's the weird. movie bullshit right there. It's weird, and it shouldn't be such a pleasant memory. But I remember this is where my I'm like, Mom, I want this game, and I'll do anything to have it. And so she took me to the Walmart layaway department and taught me what that was about. So I'd keep bringing money into Walmart layaway um, until I believe she caved and like he's never going to save up fifty dollars. <laughs> This is so mean to do to the little kid. So, in addition to weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive specials, you can get the 30 2010 Video Games Edition, celebrating a month of important gaming milestones every single month at patreon.com slash lasertime in exchange for just five bucks. And you'll support all of the Lasertime shows, including Video Game Apocalypse, right guys? Yay! And we're back to talk about what? Revenge. Revenge. Revenge plots <laughs> beginning with number five. Cain is deified. The clans tell tales of him. Few know the truth. He was mortal once, as were we all. However, his contempt for humanity drove him to create me and my brethren. I am Raziel. Firstborn of his lieutenants. I have served Cain a millennium. You guys able to hear that okay? Yeah, Cain and Lynch, yeah. baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, your revenge. Yeah, Cain and Lynch, dead man. Well, wasn't it same? Didn't Did Crystal Dynamics do Cain and Lynch, or was that just okay? It was, it no, was but this is IDOS. So probably, no, it was IO Interactive that did Cain and Lynch. Oh, that! Oh, it was the Hitman guys. That's yeah. Right. This yeah, that's right. is, of course, Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver, and sure. 
the 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 second in the increasingly confusingly titled Legacy of Cain series, which, <laughs> as you'll remember, yeah. began with Blood Omen Legacy of Cain, Legacy of Cain Soul Reaver, Soul Reaver Two, Blood Omen Two, and then Legacy of Cain Defiance. Well, the the way I think the Blood Omen ones starred Kane. Yes, right? right. Like, you played as Kane both times. Yeah. yeah, and then in Legacy of Kane Defiance, that was like the final chapter of the series where you would alternate between playing Kane and Raziel. But right. Uh, right. the series began as this knight coming back from a war, and he gets ambushed, this nobleman, and turned into a vampire, and now he, he has to fight his way through the world of Nosgoth and finds out that he's the guardian, he's, he's like chosen to be the guardian of these pillars, and so he either needs to commit suicide to restore the world to, to order, or uh, he can continue living and it will gradually grow more corrupt and terrible. And Legacy of Cain Soul Reaver follows the ending where he lets everything uh, become more terrible, and he and all of the vampires that he's created since then have mutated into these monstrous creatures with, like, giant claws and wings and stuff. Well, actually, no, not wings, because Raziel is the first to evolve wings. But because mm-hmm. he's evolved something before Kane did, Kane has his wings broken and has him thrown into a void. And he is brought back by some sort of gigantic tentacled monstrosity voiced by wonderful voice actor Tony Jay. Redeem yourself. Or if you prefer, avenge yourself. Settle your dispute with Cain. Destroy him and your brethren. Free their souls and let the wheel of fate churn again. Use your hatred to reave their souls. I can make it possible. Become my soul reaver. My angel of death. Everybody drink. Yeah, it says the title, you win's the prize. Uh, does anyone remember like when this was coming out and was being advertised? This might have been the first game I remember being called a Zelda killer. Soul Reaver, not as much. I do remember when Blood, the first Blood Omen came out. Mm-hmm. And it was literally like it's a top-down adventure game. Yeah. But Kane is kind of a dick. So, like, the the one where he doesn't sacrifice is quote-unquote the bad ending, but it's also the one that kind of runs narratively from what Kane is, so it's the one that makes sense. That is ironic um, very Zelda that it has a branching timeline. Oh, yeah. yeah, like like it'd be it'd be like if there was a Zelda game where you played as Ganondorf, mm-hmm. which now that I've said that would be really dope. Yeah, kind of awesome. I could finally use his fucking amiibo. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you don't um, open amiibos. Who are you kidding? Yeah, and then uh, Soul Reaver was like vastly different. Like it, oh, yeah. so, the other one was like top down, and I think like two D, and then Soul Reaver was yeah, three D. Yeah, so Soul Reaver was not just 3D, but it was fluid 3D. Like if you were on yeah. a PlayStation at the time, you were used to stuff like Tomb Raider, which or, or Resident Evil, which was a little bit stiff. One frame a second yeah, with Tomb Raider. Yeah, yeah. And I, I played this on a Dreamcast, so like mm-hmm. it, to me, it was one, it was one of the most beautiful fluid games I've ever seen at the time. Yeah, even though you're like some sort of gross jawless corpse, like uh, <laughs> Raziel is like uh. this. 
this, wraith, please. He's, please. Yeah, he's a wraith, but like he's 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 sort of a hollowed wraith, like you know, all his guts dissolved years ago, and so he's just like basically a spinal column and a rib cage, and he has like a, a cool scarf that he pulls down to to absorb souls from the world. But uh, but he's he's on a vendetta. He wants revenge not just against Cain, but against all of his vampire brothers. And this dovetails with the goals of the Elder God that resurrected him because the Elder God's like, hey, all these vampires are stopping things from dying. Their souls can't be reabsorbed into the fabric of reality and I can't keep weaving them into into new stuff. So you need to you need to get out there and uh you know, close some sails with these vampires. Yeah, you need to eat these souls. Mm-hmm. You, you literally yeah. absorb and suck up people's souls. <laughs> eat these souls, and then I'll eat them through you later, I guess. Yes. Yeah, it's a regular human centipede of yeah. a video game, you could say. Uh, souls passing through. <laughs> but spoilers on a, what, how, how old is this game now? Like 25 years? 20? Pretty old. Yeah. Pretty, pretty old. Something like that. But it doesn't quite go to plan when you finally get to Cain. Tell me... Did it trouble you to murder your brothers? Did it trouble you when you ordered me into the abyss? No. I had faith in you. In your ability to hate. In your self-righteous indignation. Lies. You cannot have foreseen all of this. Oh, but he did. Because Cain has some sort of ability to see through time? And to travel and, and through travel it? through time, yeah, which yeah, sets up the sequel. But the, the one of the things I do love about this as a revenge plot is it starts off pretty standard. Well, as standard as this can be of a, a, wraith, a soul eating wraith going after a vampire, but it starts off standard in that um, you think you're the hero and that you were like this noble fighter, mm-hmm. and uh, and you and your brothers were like, oh no, we we were these these noble people. What, uh, what yeah, are they they're called? They're called the Seraphim. The, the Seraphim. The yeah, the Seraphim. They're, they're like a, a, a legion of holy knights. Yes, that were so all you, corrupted by Cain and turned into vampires. Or, That's or, the or, thing, but then or like, Hans Gruber in uh, Dogma. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. He was. Sure. He was. But, <laughs> but over the course of the game, you. You, it's revealed to you like no 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 you had actually become a really really ter- you were a monster before yeah. you became this monster that you're kind of blaming Kane for mm-hmm. so it's not like he was saving you but it's like yeah. no you you're not you're not like regaining your honor in all of this you were a shitty shitty person yeah. you know and, before you got and you. you find that out by going back into the past and confronting your past self and we find out that like when Raziel and his brethren became vampires they they gradually lost all their memories of what it was to be mortal so right. Raziel yeah. has this idea in his head that like he was some paragon of virtue, and then it's like, oh, it turns out, yeah, I'm a, a murderer and underhanded and cruel, and he says to himself, "I renounce you." <laughs> yeah, it's it's a concept. I think the reason this game resonated with me so much because I I never miss a chance to bring it up in a top five if possible. I'm like, no, we got to talk about Legacy of Kingdom. <laughs> so we were, yeah, is. I, as a young man who who was reading some Anne Rice vampire novels at the time, uh-huh. uh, they also play with this similar concept of like these vampires are so old, yes, like literally some of the millennia old that they, over time they lose their humanity, they forget what it means to be human, and they do act more like monster than man, and and Cain is like the ultimate example of that. It's just like, yep. no, everything's transactional to this guy. Like he doesn't know what it's like to be human, and everything. You know, he's just kind of playing this larger game with everyone. But it, 
I, yeah, that always fascinated me of like, yeah, these guys have just been alive so long that there's there's layers upon layers of games they're playing. You talk about 40 chess and all that stuff. Yeah. It's like that that was cool to me. And and Kane himself, uh, he does have a sort of morality underneath it all. We are legion. And that is why when I must sacrifice my children to the void, I can do so with a clear heart. Very poetic, Kane. But in the end, you offer no more than a convenient rationalization for your crimes. I remember when this was considered like a landmark in voice acting. You had yeah. Michael Bell as Raziel and Simon Templeman as Kane, and they were both handing in these performances that, like, at the time were light years beyond anything. I was like, Stop it! Don't open that door in Resident <laughs> Evil. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people, yeah. people associate Amy Hennig with Uncharted. That's what I was about like, to say. I'm yeah. like, this is where she cut her her narrative chops. Is this this game? This was an Amy Hennig yeah. joint. You know? Yeah, because she was the director and writer for the first one and mm-hmm. carried through most of the narrative for for all of them. So uh, this is where I, I remember her from, and I remember when they announced Uncharted. And they were like, oh, and Amy Hennig was there. That's when I was excited for Uncharted the first time around. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no. Cause this, you knew. Yeah, because this was such a, like, even most people probably haven't played uh, Soul Reaver 2, uh, Blood Omen 2, and Defiance. A lot of people played um, Soul Reaver, but yep. the whole story overall is sort of a, uh, I mean, I guess there is some goodness at the end but more it's Mm. about free will and Mm. sort of like tearing off the shackles of destiny and all of that stuff um and it's a a great story pay it off they're gonna pay it off in that nosgoth game (laughs) 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 oh yeah yeah that that is one of those things where like i i can't remember if it happens at the end and spoilers obviously i can't remember if it happens at the end of the the soul reaver or one of the later games that Raziel finds out that he is actually supposed to, he's, he's like destined to become the soul inside of Kane's sword, which is also called the Soul Reaver, but it's mm-hmm. like a physical sword. And Kane smashes the real sword over Raziel's head so that it can't happen. So Kane is like deliberately trying to bring these events that are, are predestined to come into play and then doing whatever he can to subvert them in order to change his own fate and the fate of the world without having to actually sacrifice himself. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, that's the, I think that's the end of Defiance because, mm. again, spoilers, uh, Raziel is the one that ends up sacrificing himself, purifying the Soul Reaver, and mm. then also becoming the original Soul Reaver. So Kane has two Soul Reavers so he can fight the elder god and <laughs> change the path of history. Just it's thinking it's of confusing. Hot dog yeah, meme. We- Gee, Kane, how come your mom lets you have two soul reefers? <laughs> <laughs> Look, we didn't say it had a great plot. We just said it had a lot of plot. Yeah. All right, it has. There's, there's, <laughs> I mean, it had a really great plot, certainly for the time. Um, it, it it's like any any good video game plot. Like if you try to say it all at once, it sounds like utter nonsense. Yes. But when it's playing out over the course of twenty mm-hmm. hours or more, oh, okay, this yeah. makes sense. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's it's definitely the kind of game where you know if they got a second do over, mm-hmm. you could probably like sand some of those edges yeah. off. So there's a giant yeah. soul eating octopus who is also God, who's working with a time manipulating magician who you don't see <laughs> in Soul Reaver at all, but are expected to remember 
from uh, Blood Omen when he shows up in Soul Reaver 2. And it just gets ridiculous. There, Mobius, there was a I big think. fascination with like Elder God octopus monsters mm-hmm. under the water because wasn't that also the Halo 2 thing of just like, oh yeah, we're going to end with a giant tentacle monster under that the water. That was the Grave Mind. I don't think that the was even underwater, mind. was it? I, I, I don't know. If I, I may reiterate once again, this was my only <laughs> only game in this series. So it's, <laughs> the story was easier to follow because the acting was good, but it's like I didn't, I had no idea how far it branched back. And I, I, I was I, about to say, yeah. So you probably just remember like the the weird, goopy soul reaver and, yeah. and block puzzles, yeah. and mm-hmm. moving around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> there wasn't much like it at the time. I kind of, I kind of. Every time we talk about it, I look back fondly on it because it seemed like there will be nothing but games like this from here on out. And then like the shooter totally took away whatever I thought was coming in gaming, which was more games like Soul Reaver. I did, and, and the block puzzles were good. I didn't mind the block puzzles in this game. They never felt, like, cheap or boring. No, no, they were no, no this, was, this was a great design game. This is one of those games where you're you're kind of sad that, you know, uh, Eidos is having, you know, Crystal Dynamics, you know, work on Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. So... What are you talking about? You, you don't like those Miss Marvel block puzzles they, they threw in the Avengers? Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe that'll fix. Maybe that'll yeah, fix. I, I I just got my last year my my PlayStation in review for 2020, and I Avengers was my most played game, which was just what? a sad sad moment for me because I was reviewing it not not out of joy, uh, just okay. out of the work ethic. I played. 112 hours of Marvel's Ooh, Avengers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. I mean, I stand by my assertion that the campaign in that game is completely fine and, and yes. definitely playable, but the the repetition, God bless you for doing that, Mike, for for, for, for putting that one on your shoulders and oof, boy, that's a, yeah, that, that, yeah. that end game was repetitive. That's like. professionalism, man. Yeah, so, so just a sad one, just like, hey, why don't you go back to Soul Reaver? I mean, there's no reason to go back to Soul Reaver because, I mean, like, re-remember it, but like, selling it to an audience today would probably be yeah. like, what? I would, I would love to see a remaster or a remake, though. Uh, but it's, it's yeah. a template they don't do anymore. It, the, the, it, action adventure with more like environmental puzzle solving mm-hmm. and stuff than, I mean, there was combat, but oh, it yeah, certainly but, wasn't oh, like yeah. the main focus or anything. And you know? if you've ever, I just remember when I, like the internet first started, I don't know if it was the cutting room floor, but started digging into code and finding, um, unused content. And this game was supposed to be so much bigger. So I think oh, when yeah. you, you see Zelda killer, like it was, it was way bigger. And some of the environments people have uncovered since it's, it's kind of astounding how much this yeah. game uh, never got completed. Yeah. I think it, it was, uh, I remember fans at the time being really upset that it ended on a cliffhanger, mm-hmm. thus kicking off a trend for the next several years of games that just conveniently would end on cliffhangers. And you'd have to wait for the sequel. See you in four years. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that wasn't great. Um, but, but also, like, going from that to Soul Reaver 2, like, Soul Reaver had, like, really inventive and cool boss fights. Uh, Soul Reaver 2, as far as I remember, had none. At least not any that were anywhere close to that memorable. Like, it was, it was wow. just like an A to B action game. And, like, there's, there's not as much cool stuff in here. And then Blood Omen 2, like, brought that back around. And, but, but, like, I remember Soul Reaver 2 just being a huge disappointment. It's like, this is just, adding a bunch more plot elements that I don't follow because I didn't really play the first game. 
Yeah. So I was already gone from the franchise after mm. Soul Reaver two. Sort of, I, don't know, I wouldn't call it pooping the bed, but it, mm. it disappointed a lot of people. I, I was trying to please. It sort what? of sharded the bed. Sharded the bed. There you go. <laughs> you could wash those sheets, but like it was trying very hard to please both of its audiences. I guess. Yeah. 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 Soul Reaver came out in '99, and I mm. want to say that Soul Reaver two came out like a year or two later, mm-hmm. and there was no way you. They had enough time to like make a whole another game. Like that was just like, let's go, let's let's yeah. go and get this out. Capitalize, make some money. Let's take yep. this momentum. Yeah. Let's let's uh, capitalize on Chris learning how to pirate games on his Dreamcast. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> now our brand awareness is sky high thanks to that reindeer boot disc. Um, if anybody ever action for the Dreamcast, it it is wild that this series in my memory is like it's it, you know goes hand in hand with the Dreamcast, whereas the games after it were, I, I'm sure I played them on other platforms, but when I think of Legacy of King games, I think of the Dreamcast, even though I think the original, I must have played it on PC, the, the 2D point and clicky one or whatever, or, yeah, you was, know, it was like a, one. It was like a Zelda-y game. Yeah, it was uh, PC and PlayStation 1? Yes. I might, I might have played it on PS1. Terrible load times on PS1. Oh, sure. That's my main memory of it. But um, we should move on because we've got at least four more games to talk about. So let's jump ahead to number four. You killed my friends. We let you both live. And you wasted it. Oh, what game is this? Who wasted who? Uh, that was Abby. <laughs> a revenge story. Ah, that one, yes. Ah, yes. The so, Last of Us Part Do. Part Do, which I like. We've talked about this a bunch of times, and I feel like this is interesting for being not just a revenge story, but a deconstruction of the revenge story that kind of spends maybe more time dwelling on the the effects around revenge, like the splash damage that revenge causes than it does on the revenge plot itself. Like we, we start out kind of going through this journey with Ellie and uh, like, we're, we're all in like, yeah, let's go uh, avenge this awful thing that happens in the, the first hours of the game and trying to avoid spoilers, just FYI. And uh, yeah, (laughs) I'm going to, going to try. Um, well, well, I can't really talk about the second half of the game without a major spoiler about how it plays. So, moderate spoiler warning, you've been warned. If you want to avoid spoilers, just fast forward to around the 28-minute mark. Okay, spoiler territory, fuck it. Uh, you spend half the game <laughs> as your nemesis. Yeah. Uh, you, you get to what you think is the game's stopping point, and then it's like, no, 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 let's rewind time three days. And uh, now you play as the person you've been hunting this whole time. And you are yeah. going to play a campaign that is about as long as what you just played. And and yeah. you will see Abby's perspective. You will uh, get a sense for why she did what she did. Uh, what you've done by killing the people that you killed in, in the first campaign. And, From my uh, perspective, it's the Jedi who are evil. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank well, you. Well, and, and it's carrying over because it's really Abby and her friends' revenge on what Joel did in the first game, mm-hmm, right? Yes. The, at the end of, of The Last of Us 1. Which I, I, I played these getting... almost back-to-back, and I don't remember the first game really hammering that point home until the very end that, like, yeah, you just kind of been mowing through people trying to survive just like you. 
and they kind of hit that at the end of the game. And even when you're in the Ellie parts, I notice like you just you shoot a lady and you just hear Teresa. People start <laughs> screaming the names of your victims <laughs> and, or, or and, their dogs, yeah, you or their dogs. And you, just, you really start yeah. like feeling cuddles. <laughs> I remember I was like so kind of miserable, like just because I don't relate to what Ellie's doing at all. I mm. I. I I know the secret about Joel. I was there in the first game. I really wish she would calm down and just go back to her nice life. And yeah, I, I, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy this game. And I was miffed about the switcheroo, but it, it, I think I play, I probably played it longer because of taking control of Abby. Cause I, I did want to yeah. see what, what the other side of Joel looked like. Everyone he, everyone I had put an arrow through the head of mostly arrows. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> wanted to see what their lives look like, and and I got that, and it was immensely uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the biggest trick this game pulled off for me, it, Michael talks about this meta it, or this this like deconstruction of revenge, but it almost had this other meta narrative where the more you played as Ellie and you saw how destructive her revenge was on her relationships and everything, and they I don't know if this was intentional, but it was almost like they made me as the player like Ellie less over time because it began to like it was like she was pushing me away, just like she was pushing her close friends away too. She's like, Why are you why are you the way you are? Why do you keep doing this? Just stop. You should be happy now. Well, don't go after what are you doing? Right. And so mm-hmm. I over time was And then she away. turns to the camera and says, Did you buy this game to kill people in interesting ways or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she did. She did. It was it it was odd, it was an odd choice. Yeah. I, I said I said, Druckman, what are you doing, man? Mm-hmm. Dr. Uckman, what are you doing? And then he comes um, out of the woodwork and it's like, I'm making a game you'll love. This is how I talk. But but the, <laughs> But then yeah, the other trick it pulls is is really over the course of that second part of the game is like you get you grow to love the person you start out hating in the mm-hmm. game you know because of of a thing that she did and it's like that's really the trick it plays is i hate to say it but it's a, it's a both sides game it's telling it's telling two sides of this story <laughs> my, my criticism at the time is like you know a movie can do this in five minutes this <laughs> abby gets about nine hours of your attention yeah and, yeah I'm, I'm, that, that's why i'm sort of interested because Druckmann is working on the HBO Last of Us show, uh-huh. which theoretically might carry through to the Last of Us Part Two storyline. Like they they said, huh. they're, they're going to add more to the Last of Us original part. I I enjoy the Last of Us so much as a self contained thing. I dread any future uh, like co- like appearance of this universe. I haven't read anything about this show. The show is going to mix in with the video. So game? so the show is. From Craig Mazin, the guy who created Chernobyl, yeah, Chernobyl. Um, yep, yeah. who who has uh, been a fan of The Last of Us for a long time, and then Druckmann is working with him. And the yeah. idea is, it's telling the the story of The Last of Us again, but also they're going to add more and probably throw in stuff with hindsight. Of the uh, last yeah, of I was going to say, Chris, you, you know about at least the casting. Remember, we've talked about the casting. I remember show. it was, and then it wasn't Mahershala Ali, and I I got sad. Hmm. Yeah, who is it? And that Pedro Pascal now. Okay, that, that's exciting too. Okay, yes. Uh, yes. And, uh, and and Leanna Bellarin. Marmont is yeah, Leanna Marmont is playing is playing Ellie. Okay, this is interesting. Yeah, I, don't casting. I don't I don't know how to feel about it, but uh, it could look cool. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm kind of hoping that they just throw our expectations for a loop and like, 
first yeah. episode is like, Joe, will you take me to the Fireflies? And Joel takes her to the Fireflies. It's like, oh, we just need a blood sample. Okay, we're good. Now start yeah. of a new adventure. Yeah, like the that. whole rest of the show is just, it's a personal training uh -huh. program led by Abby. She's just uh -huh. like, all right, today we're going to work yeah. on shoulders. Uh -huh. That's episode Let's two. Oh, goodness. That's it. That. That's as far as they got. <laughs> it's just an apology <laughs> sign for the episode three. But yeah, I think at, at the end of the year, everyone sort of had, it's a, it's a, it's gaming's most interesting take on the futility of revenge. Yet I still sure. like to think of it as Naughty Dog not wanting to make Last of Us 2 and then being talked mm. into it like, fine, we'll make it, but we'll make people feel really bad when they're playing it. You, yeah, you might be cool. right. You might be right. I've, I've kind of come around on that idea. That they may have gone to a meeting like, we'll give them their fucking sequel, but we'll make sure there is no Last of Us 3. Because mm. what do you do for Last of Us 3 at this point? Uh, focus it on Lev. That guy's interesting. Yeah. Okay, Lev. I'll take some Lev. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's on Catalina, man. So there'd be like lots of cool bear hunts and shit like that. I gotta believe there's wild animals all over Catalina by then, right? I, I yeah, I just read all about Catalina after watching MST3K's Catalina Caper, and I oh, remembered yes. it because it's where Bob <laughs> fine, Hoskins fine, went fine. with his son, with his brother Teddy, in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And I realized I spent years in California, never heard anyone go there. I never talked about it. Catalina is fucking crazy. We used to take my dad's boat out there to go fishing, and then I went to summer camp on Catalina one summer, which was kind of cool. Really? It was a cool place to go to camp. It was like camp was not too far from the beach, and then our big our big fun day was getting to hike into Avalon and be like, we're in the city. We're these campers who hiked into the city, man. Yeah. And, and yes, Last of Us 2, also a revenge story of California taking it back from the people. Uh, just right. overgrowth everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Santa Barbara's in there. Mm-hmm. Well, toward the end, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do like, yeah, it, it begins with sort of like this, we're seeking justice, right? Narrative. So they just get to get away with this? Nobody wants that. Yeah, but that's what's happening. And then, yeah, like we said, uh, Ellie just evolves from somebody who's out for justice into a complete fucking monster. Yeah. Where's Abby? I'm fucking dead anyway. Why would I tell you anything? <coughs> because I can make it quick. Or I can make it so much worse. Yeah. And it's it's weird, like, yeah. playing through this and then watching it months after the fact. They hit different. Like, yeah, yeah. playing through it, you're, like, you're still kind of hopped up on the adrenaline of the moment. And it's just like, I'm so mad at you right now. I'm going to go through with this. And then like watching it again, it's just like, oh, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I think that's intentional. I think yeah, I think that's the yeah. genius of Naughty Dog. But I do have to ask you, Michael, you cannot say the phrase out for justice anymore. Otherwise, I swear we're going to owe Steven Seagal some royalties or something mm -hmm. along the way. I'll so take no you to the bank, Senator. <laughs> I, I feel I feel <laughs> under siege, man. <laughs> under siege. My First Amendment rights are under siege. Oh, oh my God. Steven Seagal. Oh man! Um, anybody, but anybody, no, go ahead. yeah, I, I did. I did love Last of Us Two, even though it seems to be a just it's it's fun, but it's a deeply unpleasant experience at the same time. Uh, there isn't anything quite like it. But if you want uh, a more morally defensible, feel-good take on revenge, then we've got number three. Couldn't have pulled it off without you, Sammy. Y'all done right by me tonight. Mwah. 
Why don't you get us something off the top shelf? We need to celebrate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you ain't got to tell me, boys. <laughs> yeah. Fill me up. All right. Know right. something, Lincoln? You're possibly the baddest motherfucker I ever laid my eyes on. She shouldn't have said no. Yeah, a little paint of black there. So mm-hmm. this is, uh, uh, what do we got here? This, this is Twisted Mafia, Metal Black. Right? Yes. Twisted oh, oh, it's Twisted Metal, Metal Black. Yeah, yeah painted black. Right? <laughs> That's so a pretty good Mafia one. Every, everyone in Twisted Metal Black's out for revenge. But yeah, it's Mafia 3, the story of Lincoln Clay, this badass vet who comes home from, like, special ops in Vietnam, tries to settle into a quiet life of crime, and uh, is swept up into a revenge plot and has to take over the city. Yeah, and this this is one of those revenge plots where the start is like like you didn't even have to do that. Mm-hmm. Guy who start like like it like the John Wick thing. Like you yeah, didn't I mean, have to kill the dog. All you had right. to do was take the stuff and walk out the house. Yeah. yeah. Everyone would have been fine. I I don't even like I I should have found this out. I don't even remember why they got betrayed. Like so so he's he's staying with like his adopted father, Lincoln Clay and, and brother, and they Who, right. They like Who's... run this crime family and they're they're working with these Italians, the um I'm blanking on the name, but uh Corleones. Why no, not? No, the Corleones. No, it's something else. <laughs> they they pull a job together, like ripping off the mint, and then the the mobsters betray them and they think that they killed everybody, but they they didn't. I just always assumed it was it was a killing two birds with one stone thing. I, I just always assumed it was kind of like, well, technically these guys are a rival gang, so we might as well take them out while we're also doing this this other bad thing. Like it's like, yeah, they were they were allies, but it's like, eh, they're still a rival gang, you know? It's yeah. Just like that- yeah. So yeah, there was basically Lincoln's father adoptive father was the the leader of the black gang mm-hmm. and the marcano family wanted to like fully like take them in uh, and the dad just said no and instead of just being like i mean i don't like that but we're just gonna leave you alone they decided to try to kill everybody mm-hmm. um, right right because it's like well yeah if you if you don't become part of our family you are in essence competition. So we have to take out the competition now. So it's right. Yeah. yeah. And it just happens that like Lincoln survives a shot to the head. It's like just yeah. a little bit off. Oh, well he, he does. He does explain it. Looks like I got here just in time. Vito Lincoln. How's this possible? I thought you were dead. Bullet was deflected by my skull. Came out the back. Talk about some goddamn luck. Worst place to shoot a fellas in the forehead. Skull's harder than you think. <clears throat> Come on. We need to have a talk. The bullet was deflected by my skull. Is right. not a sentence you hear many people say. Right. And the, and the person he was talking to there is Vito Scaletta, who yes. is the protagonist of uh, Mafia, Mafia 2. Two. Yeah. Um, yeah. And who can become one of your underbosses and uh, either will will try to betray you or will remain loyal to the end, depending on your own actions. Yeah, how, how much you gotta, territory you, you treat him right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, that that's the thing that you have like the is it like the three competing underbosses, and you have to make sure to keep them like okay, I'm I'm gonna apportion everything out equally because if you don't, then one of them will get unhappy and try to attack you. You don't want that, right? And, and all of them are. are from different facets, like the, the yeah, there's a Haitian, the Haitian gang, mm-hmm. the uh, Irish Vito's mob, and, yeah, and then the Irish mob, and, and yeah. so basically, by starting shit with the black mob, mm-hmm. 
the the Marcano family essentially starts this entire mob war that they didn't need to have. Yeah. Right. At yeah. all. Uh and then even at the end, if I remember correctly, like Leo Galante, who's from also Mafia Two, like comes in and is like, I mean, I, we don't really care who's running the city. Mm-hmm. Just someone needs to run the city. Yeah. And and the choice there is are you going to run it as Lincoln? Uh, or I guess the good ending is Lincoln just like, nah, I've, I've killed the guy I need to kill. Yeah. I'm just gonna ride out of town. Just retired. Shuffles off into obscurity. But I, I do like, um, Lincoln, like, has this physicality to him. It, it, it reminded me of, like, Jason Voorhees. Like, he just, yes. just this huge guy who just will fuck up anything in his way. And like any good uh, slasher movie villain, he leaves behind a lot of creatively mutilated bodies. When Lincoln left his gutted body on a statue commemorating Andrew Jackson, people were horrified. I mean, how could that be anything but a political statement? And I, I, I just love being able to rampage through the 1960s South and just like, fuck everything, fuck racism, you're all gonna fucking die. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the, the, the coolest aspects of this game is very few games are based in New Orleans, or this is mm-hmm. fake New Orleans, right? It's uh, New right. Bordeaux. New Bordeaux, yeah. But, and so the, a lot of those dynamics Mike was talking about of, like, yeah, the Haitian gang and all this stuff, they're there because it's, like, New Orleans is this, like, melting pot. Unlike other typical, like, melting pots you would see, like, if this was based in Los Angeles, I'm sure you would have, well, here's the Latino gang and stuff. Right. Like, you know, might have, like, the Asian mafia. Or, or, yeah. but, but, like, New Bordeaux is just, like... Oh yeah, we have we have like we have all new stereotypes to mind. Basically, is what happened. <laughs> but, but I do appreciate also that like when it, for example, when it introduces the Haitian gang, there's like a cutaway to uh, this FBI agent that's one of the narrators, and the conceit is, of course, that like this is a documentary about uh, Lincoln Clay that you're watching in like the '90s or 2000s or whenever it's supposed to be shot. Um, but th- yeah, this guy is ta- starts talking about uh, the Haitians that came over and. Why did we get so many Haitian immigrants? Well, it's because of this guy named Papa Doc, and he's going to uh, educate yep. you on the, you know, the the leaders of Haiti at the time and what kind of hinky shit they were up to, and uh, then like you know, taking pains to point out like in addition to all the good hardworking immigrants that came over, we also got a few bad ones, and they started these gangs, and uh, but then those bad ones will become key allies over the course of the game, so. I just like pop culture that features Haitian gangs. It's like mm-hmm. this and this and what Predator Two. I was that's, about to say Predator Two. That's the, that's, that's oh the one, goodness. and and they are way way out there. Predator. Oh 2. god, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was that guy's name? Oh my god. All right, but but yeah, no, and and like so part of it's the FBI agent who's sort of the devil on um uh, on Lincoln's shoulder, and then mm-hmm. on the other side there's sort of this uh, pastor. Who is the one that nurses Lincoln back to health as a friend? And it's sort of him coming to terms with the fact that, like, as a man of God, he did nurse this guy back to health. Mm-hmm. And then he turned around and killed a whole bunch of people. And, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but well, now, isn't the framing device, Michael, you mentioned, like, it's. It's it's the CIA guy Donovan, right? He's like testifying. Donovan, yeah. There's like filmed testimony of Donovan, like at a like a Senate subcommittee or something, 
And yeah. I'm not going to spoil it, but that leads into, like, you find out at the end of the game, like, oh, there's been another revenge plot cooking the whole time, and it is so much more batshit than anything you just did. Oh. But what you just did was an important part of it. This this game has so many original ideas, and it didn't it didn't quite pull them all off, but it's still like to be applauded that they tried. Like it's mm. and it's I think it's a really fun game. I think it's probably you know probably the best yeah. mafia game, right? Yeah, probably. the The problem is there's sort of a middle section where you're doing the same thing over and mm. over again, yeah. which is yeah. go to place, kill people until you can kill yeah. the boss. Once yeah, you take yeah, over yeah. the area and pass it, and you have to do that so many times. Yeah, that's like true. there was no, yeah, you're, you're, they, they needed to change up some systems in the middle there. You had to uh, take over all the businesses and it just right. got to be a bit of a grind. Um, well, you can, you can find vintage playboys. That's true. You can, and you can read the articles. <laughs> that's my uh, favorite yes, you part. Can. You're not just looking at, at centerfolds. Like there's, so there's an interview with the Beatles in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe, maybe I'd read that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but again, Creative Kills, this has some of my absolute favorite. In particular, there's one that sticks out in my mind. This heroin dealer that you ambush in an, an abandoned amusement park in the middle of a swamp. Oh, oh that's that. a good one. Yeah. I'm not here to steal your heroin, Richie. I'm here to make you pay for what you did to Sammy and Ellis Robinson. I didn't have nothing to do with it! I watched you stab Ellis in the gut. I couldn't do nothing about it then, but I sure as hell can now. Oh, God damn it. None of that was my idea, you hear? It was all Georgie, him and his old man. They wanted y'all gone, not me. Uh, what was I supposed to do, say no? Either that or make sure that I was dead. Ooh, but then, of course, the best part. Decent thing it'd be to let a man get in a prayer before you kill him. You can pray on the way up. <laughs> hanging him from a car in a ferris wheel oh yeah uh, yeah well and, and then that one culminates like you're going through because this entire game has these like racial overtones you know because it's because of where it's based yeah. and stuff and and <laughs> yep. you're going through this ride that isn't the ride based it's kind of like this myth of like uh this werewolf myth right which is it's it's like it's meant to parallel like you're like this hunter going after these guys it's just it's really cool like I love video games that let me play through amusement parks, so I was yep. all about that. <laughs> like, yeah, because it was like in a, a, a fake swamp or something like that. Yeah, like, it's a, it's a dark ride. It's it's yeah. a, it's like a fake you know funhouse type dark ride or whatever. But in a real swamp yeah. with real alligators, I also appreciated that every time you dumped a body into the water, uh, gators would come and eat it within seconds. Like that's that's cool. I enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is cool, and I'll leave it at that. Yes. Man from Florida says. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, in the position of seeing it firsthand. Anyway, um, but yeah, let's continue with number two. That night, I was trying to make you a great warrior. You succeeded. <laughs> uh, who's that talking? That's Wonder Woman, isn't it? Fighting Ares? Yeah, Wonder oh. Woman. <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, they, no, different, they, di different Ares fight. Okay. That's Kratos. Yeah. I, yes. this, this one I know the most because ahead of God of War for US Gamer, I dove into the plot of every single God of War game. Wow. And wrote it all up as one giant article. Uh, 
and Kratos is a dick. Oh, he's yeah, a huge dick. Like, yeah. like, like, just killing random people. Mm-hmm. Just like, not For even, no you don't need to kill those people. Yeah. And he just does. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it kicks off with him, like, the reason he becomes, like, Ares' is like, servant assassin guy is, like, his prayer is, like, give my army the strength to kill this other army, like, yeah. just to wipe them out, like, Destroy we're losing. my enemies and my life is yours, I think. Yeah. Pretty close to, his, and, and he says this while he's on the brink of death himself, and, yeah, he, he gets uh, turned into... Ares is hitman, and Ares just uses his army to rampage across Greece doing whatever and conquering territory for Sparta, which is apparently like just a bunch of barbarians at this time. And Mm. what a twist! Kratos is manipulated by Ares into unknowingly murdering his own wife and daughter. And you find Mm. this out actually fairly late in the game. Like, this is a, a, a commonly known thing about Kratos now. But going yeah. back to this, it's like this was originally a slow burn. Like it, it just hints that like Kratos did something terrible. He has these visions that he can't quite get rid of. In that instant, the glory he had reveled in turned to horror. The image of his two final victims would stay with him for all his days. With that act, Kratos knew he could no longer serve his master. He had but one calling now, the death of Ares. He would murder the god of war. And that, that's an oracle cackling in the background there. That wasn't one of us. Uh. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that'd be awkward. But yeah, this is where you learn that the, this is the reason he's the ghost of Sparta is he's mm-hmm. covered in the ashes of his family. It's yes. just like, Jesus. <laughs> Carry some and, with by him the way, always. By the way, now now I realize why in the reboot they gave him a son instead of a daughter because it's his boy is way cooler than him going girl the whole the whole game just like girl like yeah I don't know. yeah plus he, he at, at one point what is it I'm trying to remember it, it was one of the PSP games he basically meets his daughter again in like yes. Elysium and then he's like but I could stay here with you. But there is still more revenge to be done. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah. I'm going to literally destroy Elysium. And it's just like, like, why? Yeah. Just, just let it go. <laughs> well, I, I think, I think if, if I'm remembering right, so there, there's a surprise villain in that one. And she is going to kill Atlas, I think, to topple the pillars that hold the world up. Like, just because she wants to destroy everything. And Kratos is like, Ugh, I guess I have to be the hero. And there's like this mini game where like your daughter's clinging to Kratos' leg and you have to yep. mash the button to pry her away so he can go be the hero. To kill innocent souls. Like, so you're yep. like, go away. I'm going to kill some innocent people mm-hmm. in the afterlife. Yes. Yeah. So I can go kill this other lady. Yeah. To not even like destroy the world. At least two of the actions he does in later games. Destroy the world yes. on their own. Yes, yes. pretty much. So, well, well he gets yeah. he gets rid of the gods. I don't know how much it destroys the world. Maybe it does. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. So when we were we were talking about this as an entry, I'm like, well, which 
which Kratos Revenge plot, Michael? Because really yeah. this second and third game together are an entirely different a, a, revenge A plot. single revenge arc with a yeah. cliffhanger ending in between. That might have been like the last of those, that, that style of game. Literally a cliffhanger ending. He's hanging on yes. the side of Gaia, isn't he? Yeah, as she's climbing up the cliffs of Olympus <laughs> at the end of God of War 2. So... First game, very straightforward. He wants revenge against Ares for what Ares did to him. And Ares, as it so happens, is fucking up Athena's favorite city. It is the will of Ares, my great city fall. Zeus has forbidden the gods from waging war on each other. That is why it must be you, Kratos. Only a mortal trained by a god has a chance at defeating Ares. And if I am able to do this, to kill a god... In the visions, they will end. Complete this final task, and the past that consumes you will be forgiven. Uh, notice she didn't say yes at the end. <laughs> oh, oh, you, you mean the gods go back on their word? What? No, 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 not even that. She's she's very like specific. Like you'll be forgiven. The visions won't go away. So no. where we have that first revenge plot is Kratos wants revenge on Ares and gets yeah. revenge on Ares. He's then made the god of war, and he's forgiven by the gods, but he cannot, he can't stop remembering what he did and feeling guilty about it, and that leads him to just sort of lash out, much like Ares was doing, and just rampage across Greece with his armies, and the gods, the other gods decide, like, okay, now he's become too much of a threat. Uh, Zeus tricks him, betrays him, kills him with the sword of Olympus, and sends him to Hades. Kratos claws his way back up, as he so often does. True. And uh, and he want now he wants revenge against Zeus, and the other gods aren't going to let him just take revenge against Zeus. So he ends up cutting his way through most of Olympus, just trying to get at his his bad dad who betrayed yeah. him. Uh, yep, mm -hmm. yeah, and it's I just what, what cracks me up is like having played like Immortals Phoenix Rising mm -hmm. is like all of these the, these mythologies are getting so fucked up in my head right like compare the, the <laughs> Athena and Ares of Immortals to like God of War to the actual like mythologies and I, I'm like hey man when I'm 80 these will all be the same thing to me and I won't uh -huh. I won't be able to tell the difference you know? <laughs> I'll be like yeah man Athena was a tree and people be like what and I'll be like I right? swear to God man she was a tree and, and Ares turned into a chicken. And then yeah, he Ares was a back, chicken. <laughs> and then he was killed by Kratos, yeah. who's his brother. Remember like, when Kratos finally got to Zeus and Zeus is like, oh, I've been a terrible dad. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> I did love the Greek accent. I guess I understand why you want to kill me now. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> they give him what it is. What, I guess what makes it funny is they give him like a Greek immigrant accent. It's they like, give him the Triumph the Insult comic dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like they had to ask for that because they got like i think they got a greek voice actor mm -hmm. just like hey play it up man yeah. like just yeah, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. same just one who really. was uh he was socrates in uh assassin's creed odyssey in odyssey yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so crates mm -hmm. so crates which I, was a he was a silly character in that game too i liked him yeah, I liked yeah it. kind of um yeah but but yeah, yeah. kratos i think is, is also one of those characters that, like, I appreciate that the character has gone through some evolution because when when this game came out, I was still in my 20s and something about that, like, I'm just really rage-driven and intense kind of captivated me. But then, you like, 
part of the the fun of God of War is finding out that like, well, there's actually an emotional center to this. He's not just angry because that's a good trait for a video game character to have. He's angry because of what he's done and what's been taken from him. And really, if you want to deconstruct the character, he is depressed and suicidal and is hoping someone kills him, but nobody can. Well, I, I will say that there is nuance and depth in Kratos mm -hmm. in God of War 1. Yes. Most of the other God of Wars yeah, are literally yeah. just nonsense murder yeah. spree. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, as a kid raised on Conan movies, and no, not the Jason Momoa one, I love the way one ends is basically a Conan movie. It's like him sitting on his throne as the God of War. It's like, oh yeah, yeah he is now usurped the original God of War. You're the king now, Conan. Sit down is and deified. Yeah. yeah. Next step, governor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then of course, you know, they they did the reboot and, and yes. added a lot to that story. Mm. Like like yes, son, please don't follow my path because I literally destroyed another realm cuz mm -hmm. they never like there's no like fix at the end of God of War 3. Greece, Greece will never like, recover. It will never be like, the, the powerhouse. Here's still. some hope. But mm -hmm. also the world is flooded and the sun is burned out. And whatever mm -hmm. yeah it's implied that yeah he's been through some shit and that shit is really bad like oh yeah i guess <laughs> i guess the greek gods are just dead in this in this new god of war reboot yeah, sure. they're just dead uh anyway that would bring us full circle around to, to another deified villain that we talked about in number five but we have one more to get through the auditorium not dead i'm still here me Ezio! Ezio uh, the classic... Everyone do this with your hand. Everyone do the hand to get it to be uh, Italian. Classic... I give you all approval to do this. Yeah, the the classic true. Renaissance vendetta theme. For if you're talking Italian, theme. everyone can do this. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I, I loved Assassin's Creed 2. It, it's no secret that number one... I am an employee of Ubisoft, but number two, I have been a huge fan of Assassin's Creed for much longer than that. I can I can vouch for this. Michael and I were playing this simultaneously. I believe is the most interested people in our office because um, hmm. the first Assassin's Creed already had its hooks in us, and this was so much. I don't know. This was like in so much better. Yeah, and they, it was. They, yeah, and the character, the character in particular, like <laughs> you were. You start by playing as him as a baby to just a little extra connection. Uh, yeah, I did. I did want to follow on his his path of revenge. Mm -hmm. I was pissed mm -hmm. on his behalf. Well, it lets you immerse yourself in his life, the life of this mm -hmm. like young Italian petty nobleman. You're you know sneaking into women's bedrooms. You're brawling with other young nobles in the streets. You're climbing up on the church roof with his brother. And and you're you're hanging out with his family. You're meeting Leonardo da Vinci. Like life is so good, and then conspirators move against your family. In the absence of any compelling evidence to the contrary, I am bound to pronounce you guilty. You and your collaborators are hereby sentenced to death. You are a traitor, Roberto, and one of them. You may take our lives this day, but we will have yours in return. I swear we will! Father! 
There's there's no sound for the the bodies dropping from the nooses there, but they do. It's a sad moment that Ezio's father and brothers are all rounded up by the authorities for reasons that aren't entirely clear. They're framed in uh, as traitors to the uh, the Medici family, which rules Florence at the time, and hanged publicly. Ezio somehow escaped this fate and decides to follow in his father's footsteps and discovers that his father was both an assassin, like a member of this ancient order, which in reality was supposed to have been long extinct by this time. And he was also like a, a bodyguard and a, the personal assassin of the, the Medici family. So these conspirators wanted to get him out of the picture so they had a clear shot at the Medici's. And then you realize you've been brought into an actual historical murder conspiracy. <laughs> uh, that that really happened in Florence uh, during the Renaissance. Uh, a bunch of conspirators led by the, the rival Pazzi family wanted to uh, dethrone the Medicis and planned an assassination in broad daylight as the, the Medicis were leaving church. And And you do get to see them conspiring behind the scenes, even though this wouldn't have been part of your ancestors' genetic memories. Do you think they suspect something? Impossible. The Medici are too arrogant or too stupid to even notice. Likely a bit of both. <laughs> Do not underestimate our enemies, Francesco. Or have you already forgotten how your son was murdered? We'll suffer no such surprises this time, Maestro. You have my word. Molto bene. Yeah, the murdered son they're talking about is one of your first targets is Ezio. He's the... The rival noble that you fight in the streets in the first scene, Vieri. And uh, then you go after his father and, and hang him from the Piazza della Signore <laughs> in Florence, which is an actual historical thing that did happen. Uh, which, again, that's crazy to me. Like, they, 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 This was like the beginning of Assassin's Creed really leveraging these historical events uh, that a lot of players weren't going to be familiar with. And like making you part of them. And so you, you kind of learned about them at the same time, as long as you, you know, remember to take out like, yes, no, there was no assassin named Ezio Auditore behind the scenes. This was an angry mob that did this in real life. You you mean there, there wasn't a secret fight with the Pope uh, where you fist <laughs> yeah, fought yeah. him no, to and, gain a piece of Eden? No, and and the Pope happen. did not confess to his greatest enemy that uh, he was an atheist during said fight. You are the Pope. And yet you dismiss the central text of your faith? <laughs> Are you so naive? I became Pope because it gave me access. It gave me power. Do you think I believe a single goddamn word of that ridiculous book? It's all lies and superstition. Just like every other religious tract written over the past 10,000 years. I, I like that the, the punching sounds are so rhythmic on there. It just sounds like they're working out with heavy bags together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We are at the gym. Uh, We're just two guys doing squats. <laughs> <laughs> now uh, I just thought of that Adam Sandler sketch. <laughs> We're two guys at the gym. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, that's uh, Rodrigo Borgia. Yeah, uh, Borg, yeah who George. was Pope Alexander Third, Fourth, Sixth? Fourth? I want to say. No, you might write six. Yeah, funny thing about that Pope. Um, well, number one, like I, I remember at the time, like there were people who seemed to think that this was like bad mouthing Catholicism or <laughs> the Pope in general. And like, 
if you look at history, Rodrigo Borgia is like one of the most legendarily corrupt figures of the time. Like for his time, he was probably about the right amount of corrupt. Uh, and we have to <laughs> assume a lot of what we know about him was written by his enemies, but he was, he was not a great guy. And he his, brought the family in on it too. Yeah. Like his, this. his children were renowned poisoners. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, Luc Lucrezia and, uh, Cesare, both, both known for, you know, poisoning other nobles and taking their shit. And, uh, yeah, he was one of those, those popes who uh, was in power just mainly for the power when it was like the most powerful political office in the world. And interesting aside, when he died, probably of poisoning, possibly of sickness, uh, they let his body lie in state and it became so rotten so quickly that it's like legendary. You can like read accounts of like just exactly how foul it was and how they tried to get rid of it. Um, there, there's some fun accounts about like some of the other conspirators too, like Jacopo di Pazzi. I saw this on Wikipedia while I was looking it up. So he was one of the, the last of the Pazzi conspirators to be hanged after fleeing Florence. And not just that, but after he was uh, recognized, sent back to Florence for punishment, he was tortured and hanged next to the decomposing body of Francesco Salviati, another <laughs> one of the conspirators. After being buried at Santa Croce, his body was dug up, thrown in a ditch, dragged through the streets, and propped up at the door of the Palazzo Pazzi, where his head was mockingly used as a door knocker. After that, his body was thrown into the Arno River, where it was retrieved by children, hung from a willow tree, flogged, and thrown back into the river. <laughs> Different times. Unfortunately, none of that happens. In Assassin's Creed yeah, 2. Yeah, no, really missing no. an opportunity. <laughs> Just keep dragging this, this old man's corpse around. <laughs> Is this like too... Weekend at Bernie's back yeah, in like the Renaissance era? <laughs> uh, Is this the first game? Remind me, did, did AC1 have the historical cameos or was 2 the first with Machiavelli and Da Vinci to be like, not only are you going to see historical events, we're going to... Ha let you meet historical figures to I take mean, you through your journey. You did in the first one, not to the same degree. Like, I don't yeah. know how many of the, the targets are actual historical figures, but I do know you meet Richard the Lionheart and Saladin. Right. Um, um, but none of the, 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 like, targets are as tied in as they are with, with Assassin's Creed 2. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. To that degree. Or, right. or some later games where you're just, like, murdering, like, you know, actual historical figures who yeah. are Templars or whatever. Yeah. Let's, let's be honest. Like gameplay wise, I think the series has gotten way better. Assassin's Creed, there's been better game playing Assassin's Creed story wise. I do think the Ezio trilogy is the best story Assassins has, has ever told. Probably. I think it's right yeah, up they, there. They had a lot of, had a, they had a big runway, but yeah, it was, it, I, you don't like a lot of Assassin's Creed's heroes. I mean, no. I haven't, and and but you really do come to like Ezio. No, yeah, I mean, I, I like Jacob and Evie, but I can't, I couldn't tell you really what their story story was. Right. You know, like Ezio's is pretty pretty clear cut. Yeah, they kill mm -hmm. his family, he gets revenge, and along the way becomes something bigger and better than just a guy out for revenge. You know? and, and yeah, brother, yeah, because over those first AC two and Brotherhood, he like actually gets his revenge, and he kind of like. Like, like Kratos kept going and just killed people yeah. no matter what. Like Ezio gets to a point where he's like, I've killed all the people 
Perhaps that I, I need to kill you. for my fam. <laughs> right. But and then well, he just... he, his, yeah, he realizes the assassins kind of redeemed him. Like mm-hmm. they made him a better person that can do good in the world. So he recruits other people yeah. to be assassins and do the same thing. And now I'm going to take off my priceless antiques and give them to a skeleton and retire forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and die and, in, a, and, in an animated short, right? Like we just see his. And have kids with a, a, a much younger lady yep. and then train yep. uh, Xiao Jun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who gets in AC China? So, so yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a good end there too. Mm -hmm. It's probably one of the better overall plots, um, across most of the Assassin's Creed games. Um, but like, I, I realize like, well, most of them are actually motivated by revenge. Like, I think of the entire series, one isn't, uh, Revelations isn't really, Mm -hmm. um, and Black Flag isn't. Four and Syndicate, yeah. Black Flag isn't revenge motivated, and yeah. and then Syndicate is all is isn't about revenge. It's just like we're gonna take over London and take it from yeah, the Templars. And and the other one you could really do for this would be Origins because he yeah. is definitely yes. like one hundred percent like you killed his son. In yeah, you killed my him. son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Odyssey, I'm trying. Odyssey's more like you're trying to redeem your sibling, depending on who you chose as your main character. Yeah. I don't know that Odyssey is I mean, necessarily revenge. Arguably, revenge, it starts it? out as revenge. You want revenge against your stepdad, and then by For the time you off the yeah, by yeah, the time yeah. you are in a position to get that, you may have discovered that things are much bigger than you imagined. Yes, right. yes. And it, yeah, because Odyssey starts with your stepdad. Doesn't he throw both of you off the cliff? Yes. And you you think one of you dies, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. God, Odyssey's yeah. so good. Odyssey's so good. It really is. But yeah, but Origins, I, I do appreciate Bayek's single-mindedness, but the fact that it doesn't just stop, you know, begin and end at revenge. It's about the effects of his son's death on him and on his wife, Aya, who uh, arguably it, Origins is, is more about her hero's journey. Like, she becomes something yeah. much bigger than even Bayek does. By the- yeah, yeah. It, it's like the effects of that on even their relationship and just their two different paths. Although I did, I quite like the DLC where I felt like Bayek did come full circle and was, he's still like, sort of like the way I, I come to think of it is like, uh, I is, is she's kind of running things. She's like the president of the assassins. Like she's these head of operations mentor. And again, he, he's kind of like this field Lieutenant that's just out there. He's like still involved in the organization, but he's like, yeah, I don't want to lead every. I don't want to be bureaucrat. Mm-hmm. I want to be a field op- operator. Basically, is kind of right. my interpretation. Of and it. then he gets a new son, so I mean that works out for him. Uh, mm-hmm. And then even even Viola has revenge, but they they finish that off like pretty quickly. Like you 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 take care of oh, Avor's yeah, yeah, yeah. like specific revenge in the first chunk of the game, uh-huh. like the first little bit, <laughs> which is also the rest of it is just. You, something else you go to a place and it's like what i'm doing this this early okay that yeah, seems out yeah. of character but fine yeah i noticed we brushed over three <laughs> three connor has a very good case for revenge <laughs> oh. they burn his fucking village <laughs> uh, yeah. i mean yeah. three's just the patriot right it's like that move that mel gibson movie just came to life it's you know, the uh, one no one can forget the one somebody who has my amazon password is watching over and over again really <laughs> i don't know who this is but they've watched all miss Maisel and watched the patriot about once a month and it's just so baffling i don't remember where, where i left this who i must have been somebody i was dating 
<laughs> wow. Isn't it weird so, how just an entire group of people can ruin a word for you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So it would have so, to be a so, Mel Gibson movie. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. yeah so that's, yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. one of those moments where the, like, I palm slam the tape into the deck and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, with the Chronicles of Riddick, <laughs> except someone's doing that with the Patriot. <laughs> I do all the moves <laughs> along with the main character, the Patriot. <laughs> 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 all right well that that about does it for our top five it's been fun talking about revenge hope you enjoyed it as much as we did i mean it's how we, how we started this whole podcast network so it can be a yeah. good motivator yeah oh, we, shit. we began it out of revenge and now we're we're closing it with revenge you have my thanks keep the sword Ezio. do i know you from somewhere don't you recognize me it's a me mario <laughs> Uncle Mario. Oh my god. Uncle Mario. Oh man, I love that character so much. And and he's the revenge motivator in Brotherhood. They take out Uncle Mario at the beginning of Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Right. Oh yeah. no. Oh no. <laughs> Mario Mario, that's his name. Right? It's Mario Mario and Luigi. They shoot Mario. him with a wrought iron murderer and he goes like ah, wah, 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 whatever that. So long, I have hey, a, Pope. I have a confession. I've never finished Brotherhood. Do I need to finish Brotherhood? Uh, it's not uh, neither Brotherhood or I mean I guess Revelations is, but Brotherhood isn't really. Necessary. My favorite part, my yeah. favorite thing about Brotherhood was that like it is all gameplay. Yeah, it, there's it's there's not a lot of story play. there. The character development is all in the supporting characters. Like Ezio doesn't, it, he's just kind of experiencing things. Yeah, because I, I, I think played... Brotherhood is my favorite of the Ezio series, yeah, but all the mm. story really isn't too. And yeah. Revelation sort of ends off his his story his yeah. arc i played through revelations which i feel like took in all the gameplay stuff that brotherhood was doing and you know just like yeah this this is this is a big part of this now you're gonna send your assassins on these side missions mm-hmm. through a bunch of ui windows right. yeah. like you're gonna collect some vlad the impaler coins I forget call down arrows from, from yeah. assassins yeah, you know yeah, that yeah. stuff was fun yeah All right. But anyway, that's been our top five. And on that note, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some Persona 5 Strikers, probably some more Valheim, a bunch of news, some other stuff. So stay tuned. As I load my pistol, a fine journey steel. I never thought I'd be so delicate. Having my last meal. But I know I can do it. It just took a few years. As I execute. Let's get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. This is one of those things that feels good, because this is one of those shows I feel like we haven't done in a while. We're just going to talk about one thing, and it's not related to something terrible happening in the world. We're talking cynicism, so it's a perfect segue into what the real topic of today's show is. I thank you for doing doing this, because we missed it on 30-20-10, but you reminded me not only of a milestone, but you did it with an awful, awful promotional video that shouldn't be legal at all. Uh, it's like, <laughs> how did this air on primetime? Over the air, this giant advertisement 
with uh, celebrities Richard Kind, Barry Bostwick, Colin Mockery, and Brad Sherwood talking about the opening of a Disney park. Well, you've got quite a little park here. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is hardly a little park, Mr. Boswick. Disney's California Adventure covers 55 acres and has 22 rides, shows, and attractions. Each one is different. In fact, it's the same size and has an equal amount of attractions as did Disneyland when it opened in 1955. Only different. That is one hell of a qualifier. <laughs> it has as many attractions as this park did 50 years ago. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. They they clearly knew what the press was about about that. Park. It's. I, I think. It, to... I think it's still California Adventure to its credit and lack of ambition. It did open. It is theme park to open with the most working attractions. Even though some of those attractions were like required no robotics and like just hire someone to look like a farmer. They were, they were very <laughs> inexpensive. And I want to talk to you about that because yeah. were you working there when this this came about? No, I. I had was just done real quick though uh, what you guys didn't hear in that clip you can't hear the number of hawaiian shirts visible in, the, in that video <laughs> john lasseter shows up too to put everyone to shame everyone's wearing hawaiian you shirt, think but, your um, shirt is hawaiian get bonus time a weekly uncensored and commercial free podcast every tuesday starting for just five dollars on patreon.com slash laser time And welcome back to our final segment where we have a lot to talk about, so I'm not going to waste any time in pressing the button that begins this segment that starts with this sound. Bravely Default, is it second or two? Two. Two. Because they had second, didn't they? That's right. Bravely Second was was a different game. Yes. Well... Different games, same series, technically, or I guess now that's supposed to be a, a spinoff. I, I, I'm confused. Yeah, but yeah. Mike, you've you've played Bravely Default too. You're reviewing it. Yes, and uh, I, I guess part of the easiest way to say this, so like, sort of the animus to this side of Square Enix, which is Team Asano, which is mm-hmm. named so for the producer is sort of what if we did just old final fantasy right. mm-hmm. with modern technology wasn't the wasn't the bravely default in japan it was called like flying fairies or it was like a deliberate ff reference yes because the the team actually started on a remake of ff1 it was it was mm-hmm. final fantasy 4 heroes of light and yeah that was oh technically God. the first game they did and then bravely default started as a sequel to that um, which is a long way to say Bravely Default 2 is pretty much the same game as Bravely Default 1. Oh, okay. Like, hmm. like they didn't, like there are some new mechanics, like, um, the overworld has changed, so all of the enemies are now on it, like Chrono Trigger, and you can, like, you know, if you hit them from the back, you get initiative, you can slash at them with a the sword to start off with brave points. And they actually, uh, one thing I enjoy is, uh, if you're overleveled, they'll actually run away from you. Um, which is oh, a lot yeah. of fun. No, that's cool. Um, but the combat system and sort of the way the story is delivered is still very much Bravely Default 1, which is, like, sort of a slight extra layer on the original Final Fantasy plot and style. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a long time, but a Bravely Default, the original, was one of those games I think I put like 80 to 100 hours in and still didn't finish because I loved its combat system. I remember the yeah. big knock against mm. one being it was a typical JRPG of we're going to take you through the whole game, 
And now, oops, surprise, there's the whole second half is you going back through everything you've <laughs> been through already mm-hmm. to collect some shit. Does two do that, Mike? Do we get a collection thing at the end? I there? will not speak on that as Nintendo has asked us not to speak too much okay. about <laughs> the things that happened uh, in the latter. But it, I, suffice it to say, the, the plot machinations are here's four heroes, here's some elemental crystals you need to collect to save the world. It's fairly linear in how it tells that story. Like, you move from town to town, and every town's got a problem. And by the end of, like, 10 hours or 12 hours, you fix that problem. And then you go on to the next spot. Can you go to towns out of order, or is it literally linear? Like no, It's literally linear. Wow. So, like, early on, so you have one map, and you can't sort of leave the map because, like, the bridge to go out is blocked. Okay. So... So, like, even if you wanted to go further, you really can't. And then the places where you can, the monsters will probably kill you. I guess I forget how lo- how long we were locked into that because I, I last year I was repl- I was playing nine, uh, you know, like the 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 one they they released on the Switch, and it's like they make you feel like no, you can go to other towns, but it's like uh, most of these are closed off because the bridge is broken or something like that, where it's, they really right. do lock you in. Like, nah, you're going to go to one of maybe two towns available to you right now. So, Yeah, so so it's very much like that. Full job system. Uh, I'll say over 20 jobs uh, with some interesting ideas in there. You know, you'll get your white mage, black mage, thief. Uh, but you also got some weirder ones like Pictomancer or Gambler, which is based wholly on luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they even do some fun stuff with things like Monk. Like Monk attacks mostly through using HP. Uh, like that's how it fuels its attacks. Huh. It's bigger attacks. I thought which he, is he used Neurosis and witty, witty comebacks like on the USA series Monk. No? Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. yeah. Deep cut. Deep cut. I'm old. I'm old. <laughs> Yeah, we we mentioned Tony Shalhoub every episode. <laughs> there it is. There it way. is. Yeah. Drink. Yeah. I thought I was going to get a Miss Maisel reference in, but Matt beat me. <laughs> um, so yeah, like it's it's very well done. Like it looks fantastic. Um, like the world looks like tiny dioramas. They've improved the character models. Uh, they're more animated. Uh, the textures on them are fantastic, um, and the towns are actually. Like putting putting the hurt on like my switch, I don't think I've ever heard the fans really Ooh, spin up. I, I oh. saw you post that tweet. Oh boy! Yeah, like I, I put a video on and and yeah. So like I didn't say which game it was, um, but but I literally put a video of the corner of my switch so people could hear the fans because I was playing and it's it's mostly the towns. Like the overworld is fine, but some of the towns are will like. And the system you'll hear, it'll be like, and I was like, what is that noise? What's happening (laughs) here? Think Disney cartoon where the car is sputtering out like, (laughs) 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 his his switch is doing that like in real time. (laughs) Yeah. So, so my switch was struggling, but like, it looks fantastic. Um, like if you really love that old, like literally final fantasy one through three style okay really default is here for you mm. in the same way that octopath traveler was here for you i, I get those series confused i i get them confused because even octopath or the the new thing from that team is the little diorama style like you talk about like it's it's weird that square has got multiple teams 
doing variations on the on a similar theme with like, no, nah, we're taking it back classic style. Like yeah. they can't release a game every eleven years. They got to put something out in between. It's true. Yeah, because because <laughs> both of those Octopath and and Bravely Default are both Team Asano titles. Oh, so they're both okay. Okay. Yeah, different developers. Like uh, this is developed by Clay Tech Works, mm-hmm. and I I forget who the studio behind Octopath Traveler Two is. That's because um, Bravely Default always strikes me as one of the most perfect uh, portable games. I've ever played when I was, especially when I was commuting a lot. Um, yeah, I yeah, I, I, I played a lot. I, 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 my, I'm one of those dark people that only plays the Switch portably. Like I, I just hate putting it in the dock and playing it on a screen. Um, I did just for the purposes of like being like, does this still look good on a screen? Mm-hmm. It does. Um, well, it might give it like, might give it the extra juice it needs to to not yeah. die in so your hand. Because <laughs> the dock, I mean, doesn't the dock? The dock can add some frame rate and stuff. And yeah. it can, it can, yes, it, can yes, it, 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 it overclocks in the. Do- I mean, it, it, it performs fine. It's just it's struggling. Like it's just wheezing. <laughs> like sure. it's still going at the perfect speed that it needs to go. Yeah. But it's it is it is definitely wheezing its way through. So it just sounds like a PS4 um, Pro going going at full board. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, like a PS4 Pro and some of the later games, like when Ghost of Tsushima would really get into it, the PS4 Pro would just be like, oh god! That was realism, you had all those blowing leaves on the screen, they really just wanted the fans to go It's like, I can hear the leaf blower, guys, shut it down! Yeah, yeah, so, it, like, it's, it's a dope game, but, like, if you, if, did you play Bravely Default 1? Did you like Bravely Default 1? Yes. Hello, here's another game. Like that, yeah. with new characters and a different story. It's been like five mm-hmm. years, right? It's been yeah. a long time, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, second layer, what was it called? Brave, bravely second, bravely second, yeah. and layer, and layer. That was that came out like a year afterwards, and this is like got to be like 2013. It's been a while. Yeah, because the default one was a DS game. Yeah, yeah. that's that's Nintendo the other published thing. Published as well. 3DS. Wasn't wasn't second also 3DS? Yep. Mm-hmm. So this is it's their the, first the, time on Switch, like a more powerful console. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's good. God, twenty twelve. Uh, like Bravely Default was twenty twelve. <laughs> oh was, my gosh, that was nine years ago. <laughs> God, <laughs> what is time? Yeah. What uh, Matt Damon saving Private Ryan gif this show. That's what this is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, and this is this is one of the only like other than like I said, Octopath is out there, but. I, uh, I wasn't necessarily a fan of the way Octopath delivered its story. That was more of a pure JRPG sort of combat dungeon exploration experience. This is more of a, like, here's a story. You actually get in some characters. It's not, like, the biggest thematically or in terms of, like, nuance in terms of characters. Like, the good guys are the good guys and the bad guys are the bad guys. This is... it's. That general animus of just like, what if we were making Final Fantasy one through three now? How much more complex is it than your average Dragon Quest title? About the same. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because Dragon Quest is pretty much the same way. Just like, yeah, we're still writing stories like it's like 1992. This is a 30 year old template. Why, why change it? Why change it? It's, it can be wonderfully satisfying. I, I'm like, I'm more miffed about the idea of seeing it on my TV just because how much time I sunk into Bravely Default in general. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I mean, like I said, it looks nice. Uh, I also, like, again, I have like a 4K TV, like a pretty sizable one, and sometimes switch stuff when it's blown up. Yeah, 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 yeah upscaling. Pretty bright um, and jacket. Great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it still looks pretty good. The towns are fantastic looking. Some of the side quests are just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, but awesome. it's a very good game. Yeah. You just so have to know what you're getting. Were you reviewing it on PC Mag or a different site? Uh, reviewing it on PC Mag. We we do oh. do other like console games. I did not know that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, by time this is out, people will be able to read the review on PCMag.com. Fantastic. Nice. All right. Well, um, yeah, I, I guess uh, we're losing you for this segment, but uh, is there anything else, Twitter account, anything like that that you would like to direct people to? Uh, my Twitter, uh, where I jaw jack about entertainment and other stuff, is Automatic Zen, Z E N. So uh, come on, follow me, and I will tweet at you probably about Marvel and movies and that's where DC you get to do your you get to flex your anime and your comic muscles and your movie muscles over there on the Twitter yeah yeah because yeah. I can't do that at PC mag so like yeah I'll just talk about you know Super Sentai anime whatever and I, I, I like following Mike because he's, he's sort of like me he like he's still a nerd but he has a healthy dose of skepticism about some things like it like he's very realistic like it's <laughs> it's still anime you know like he's, he's <laughs> like i like it's it it's important but, uh, to have that attitude yeah yeah it's uh, you know yeah yeah you definitely got a step like i've been in so many fandoms for too long you're like just just step back right. a bit yeah. Right. Like this is for fun. He'll he'll tell you when to pull the blinds before watching something is what I'm saying, folks. Mm. <laughs> oh, I see, I see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I pretty much and I, I have to do that because like my partner will will not watch certain stuff. So I'm like, okay, this is this is not a show that, that okay. she's gonna enjoy. Cool. Well, thanks for joining us, Mike, and 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 rounding out our Black History Month. It was an honor to have you on the show. To, to yeah, round thank that you out. so much. You. For for those who can't see, I I am bowing. Uh, <laughs> to them thank you for having me on John. Oh, th thank you so much you don't bow to us we bow to you sir <laughs> all right well thank you so much again for for coming on uh, once again automatic zen on twitter pcmag.com go look for mike's stuff uh thank you so much all right let's continue um as long as we're talking about anime and stuff uh persona 5 <laughs> strikers oh came out let me know i i love soccer like, what's, what's <laughs> going on here? <laughs> I bet you're going to wish this was soccer. Uh, no, Persona 5 Strikers, uh, we talked about it some last week. I found out uh, after the fact it did not officially come out last week. It came out on four-day early access if you bought the special edition, which I did. And it comes with a bunch of extras, uh, like, you know, just better gear when you're starting out stuff like yeah, that stuff stuff you'll never use we get it mm, yeah sure <laughs> i mean i i used it but i haven't haven't had to use anything else for a while but uh but that's beside the point so the big question i think going into something like this is how much like dynasty warriors is this because yeah. this is yeah how this muso is, a, is your muso game is the question right? yeah it's it's a it's a sequel to persona 5 but it's also a muso game so how does that work exactly and uh the it's it's surprisingly unlike Dynasty Warriors. I was I've been pleasantly surprised by it. So there are a few bits where you're just like in a big flat plane being swarmed by monsters and you hammer a button, 
But for the most part, it plays out a lot like Persona 5. It is set after the events of the original, like, vanilla flavor Persona 5. Uh, like, about six months later, it's summer vacation. You've come back to Tokyo to hang out with your friends. And uh, you're, you're, you're catching up, and all of a sudden, all these strange things start coming up because there are people who apparently know how to use the metaverse to manipulate people, and the phantom thieves get framed, and so you have to clear your names. And uh, the actual gameplay, once you get past the many, many, many cutscenes, uh, is it, it feels a lot like the, the exploration and the dungeon exploration, like you're walking around on the streets during the day, talking to people, and then you go into the metaverse, and it's it's like exploring the dungeons in Persona 5. The main difference being that when you get into a fight, rather than a turn-based battle... Uh, your enemies explode into a bunch of smaller enemies and then you have like a little muso fight. You can still like sneak up on enemies and uh, ambush them and then they'll be stunned and you can just like hit a button and do an all out attack and usually wipe them out immediately. Wipe them out. All of them. But these these fights for the most part are just like they're, they're small self-contained. Uh, you mash buttons for a few seconds and then you're done. Um, it's, it's not like a big slog. And then you're back to the exploration, the puzzle solving, the treasure finding, etc. Um, uh, my, my main quibble with it right now is that I'm at the first boss, which is a few hours in. And, uh, it does that thing where none of what I've just played through has actually prepared me for that boss. So it's a huge difficulty spike because like this thing can take a ton of damage and, uh, it, like requires you to use spells creatively and in complementary ways. It, like you haven't. Like I've I've been dominating most of the game by just mashing buttons. So it's like oh now I have to learn strategy, and now I have to like stop the game, look up strategy guides. Like what am I supposed to do here exactly? Because this this thing it keeps kicking my ass. Does so, that make it more or less complicated than the average Muso nowadays? I don't play enough Musos to know that. Well, you're playing Age, Age of Calamity. I mean, yeah, the last one I played, Age of Calamity, was much more in line with I, 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 what I think of as like a traditional Dynasty Warriors experience, is that I'm just stomping around a field, knocking uh, hordes of identical enemies back with the same animation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this is less that. Like it, Again, it, it really does feel like more Persona, but with uh, action instead of turn-based battles. The, yeah, the, the impression you gave me, tell me if this is accurate, and this is what got me interested in it, is it just sounds like a JRPG with a different combat system than Persona yes. 5. Yeah. I'm there for that. Pretty Hell much. yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. That's great. Uh, that's really cool. And you, and you can summon Personas on the field, and I, I appreciate that, like, when you summon them, like you hold down a button and then it like it, it pauses everything on screen and you can just kind of like, I want to select this one. I want to select this spell that it does. I want to line up where the area of effect is going to happen and then trigger it. And, and you know, there's, there's always like these little things in the environment. Like uh, during a couple of the bosses, there's like these party popper cannons that like, oh, they're going into a special attack. You can interrupt it by jumping on these things and triggering this environmental blast and like oh, that, that's kind of cool that that stuff's there nice nice yeah i wanted to we talked about it last week but i i, I started to get into valheim i wanted mm -hmm. to talk really quickly and i haven't yes. gotten that far in because it so the, the reason i haven't really been like okay I'm, I'm all in i'm diving head in is a i've been playing yakuza 5 which is like a 300 hour game but mm -hmm. b 
it's still early access, and there's definitely some stuff in there that I'm like, okay, this is something I'm sure they'll clean up for full release that I don't know how much time I want to invest. But I loved, like, it is, it's what you were saying, it's it's like this, it's like if Minecraft had a purpose, like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. the, the reason you're doing all this stuff is to go fight big baddies and stuff like that. Also, if Minecraft had lighting that made it look better than Breath of the Wild sometimes. Well, have you seen the Minecraft mods where you can do, like, ray tracing in Minecraft? I've, I've seen demos of them i haven't it's really played around with it's them like that it's but. it's like if minecraft had fog effects and ray tracing in it but it's um so it's very open-ended um and i wish they held your hand a little bit more is in construction of things like i wish i wish they did what dragon quest builders did which is you're gonna build a thing and here's this blueprint that we will lay out on the ground and this is mm. how you build your your house or whatever you know it's like because right now like you go into the menus and it's like all right, I can figure out how to put some walls and a floor up, but there's like 18 roof pieces, and I have no idea how to like, well, make a here's, roof out of this. Here's something that I saw that uh, somebody pointed that out online, and when they did, it just kind of clicked in my head like, oh, yeah, and I'd already been kind of doing that, is that uh, as you wander through the world, you'll see like these dilapidated ruins of yeah, houses. Yeah, just, just and, you, uh, you patch but those, you can. Right? You can you can patch those up, but that also teaches you like this is how they want you to build a house. Oh, like yeah. this is that how you're sense. supposed to use these different pieces, and you just complete the puzzle basically, and from that you can see like, all right, it's supposed to be like this. Yep, that's that makes more sense. Yeah. Another thing is you have to be careful to build a chimney in your house, or otherwise, if you build a fire in there, it will uh, yeah. clog the place with smoke. Yeah, you get smoke is, inhalation. And yeah, that'll suck. But um, it's really fun, man. I, I love chopping down trees and just mm-hmm. seeing what happens. Just, all right, this thing's going to roll somewhere. Like, I think I told you guys. I <laughs> literally crush me. <laughs> I'd built a bed and I'd built, like, a cooking fire and the and the crafting table. And I went to chop down a tree that was on just barely on a hill. The entire – it's not just a – it's like the entire tree trunk. Not It doesn't just become a little log. It's this giant log. Just rolled down the hill right over everything I just built down at the bottom. <laughs> I just completely smashed it. I'm like, oh, great, great. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's also fun. Like, I think I was in the Black Forest and, like, found a really big tree and, like, chopped it down. And it rolled into other trees and then knocked down those trees, which then knocked, fell into other trees. <laughs> and it's just like, ah, oh, it's this big chain reaction that I just saw. Yeah. You become the brave little tailor of Valheim. Yeah, there it is. Seven in one yeah. blow. <laughs> and... <laughs> I, and we talked about. I, I'm legit jealous of both of you because I can't play this just yet. I feel oh, like you might because because it is basically yeah. kind of Minecraft. Like it might on the lowest. I got a specs, 2014 PC with with no hard drive space left because yeah. of all the podcast mm. projects. But I could also see this and, coming to Xbox or something else. Pretty I, yeah. soon. That's what we were talking about before. We were taking bets and like, who's going to bring this to consoles first? And like. Among Us was an anomaly. Microsoft is going to do this because Sony never does. Yeah, this this Sony has, has an like entire nation of, of game developers that make things just for them called Japan. They don't need, <laughs> they don't need yeah. they don't need to bring. But Microsoft will make this a timed exclusive. And I'm just wondering, Among Us is a different case. But how fast do you think this will reach consoles? It's, it sounds like it, it's got that PUBG vibe of this thing everyone's talking about and breaking player records like PUBG yeah. was. Like I think well, yeah, it's. It's technically early access, and I think they're still adding stuff to it. But it, yeah. what's there feels very polished. Yeah. So I would I would say like maybe within a year, well, we'd I'd expect to see a console release. And, I think two. the problem they'll face is they have a five man team, is what I've heard. It's a mm. tiny team, and so but that's why Microsoft jumps in and throws you a shitload of people and helps get your game out there. 
it's just something Microsoft's doing to uh, capitalize social media hype on games. Um, yeah, we'll have this available fairly quickly, and we'll make it possible, whereas Sony won't offer them the resources towards certification. And that's that's what I hope. Uh, plus, this this does go well with Microsoft's Game Pass strategy, like especially if it was offered on Game Pass PC, because some of the stuff with the building is it's probably way easier to to play this on PC just because you you have the mouse to build the stuff. Like you can right. do it on controller. Right. It's just I mean I've I've been doing mm. it on controller, and then every once in a while I have to use the mouse to navigate menus. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But. So. Yeah. Mm. What I was I was even seeing on PC Gamer. There's a bunch of mods out there that. Uh, overhaul the inventory and you know nothing nothing is final there and i I believe PUBG hit um xbox when it was an early access too so i would i would love to see uh valheim available to me and not have to spend a grand to play the game well yeah that's the thing is the game's only twenty dollars but you have to buy a new computer Mm -hmm. to run that game Uh Yeah, just for podcasting. This, this really surprised me because I don't normally like that. That's two big surprises in this show. Like, I don't normally like Muso games. I don't normally like survival games. I love both of these games we're talking yeah, about. These are great. Um, and and I think part of what makes it so good uh, from a survival game standpoint is that you don't have to eat or drink uh, as a necessity, right. <laughs> but. If you do it, it will boost your health and, and stamina in interesting ways. So, mm-hmm. like, it can be the difference between, like, getting mauled by basic monsters with, like, 25 health or going toe-to-toe with a boss with 100 health. Yeah. It's just that you don't you don't starve in the game. You're not constantly needing right. to do it. No, right. and you regain health slowly over time if you're out of combat. It will just slowly, very slowly regain your health. Mm-hmm. But eating just instantaneously does it. So. Yeah. Also, I learned uh, if you build in the Black Forest, do it with uh, a, a team. Do it if you're playing with other people because uh, I imagine building a compound and then defending it from trolls who can just smash everything you've spent hours building in seconds and uh, hordes of uh, attacking monsters who are laying siege to you. I, I imagine like surviving that stuff is a lot more fun if you've got a group of friends who are working together than if you're by yourself and you've just built a crappy little hovel and now you have to run for your life because there's like six gray dwarfs on your ass. I think that's probably, if they're smashing what you built right away, that's probably telling you you need to upgrade your tech somehow to build more sturdy structures, you know? Well, like- no, it's, well, you, 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 at the point that I'm at, like, I haven't unlocked anything like stone structures or, but you can build like, spike walls and uh you know these these log things that will keep things at bay but that takes time and resources that if you are playing by yourself can take a while to to gather and get together and in the meantime you just need a place to live and to put your stuff yes but oh the good thing is though there's no penalty for tearing down stuff and moving it so you could Mm -hmm. like theoretically build a kick-ass house in that starter zone and take all of those materials by tearing it down into the forest. So you could have your spike walls and stuff ready to go when it's a little easier on you. Anyway, not yeah. Yeah, not to spend too much time on early access game, but uh, this one's looking like it's going to be really good. And it's only 20 I mean, I spent most of my weekend on it, so... Okay. <laughs> you could take that $20 and buy three old games instead. Oh, that's true. Uh, three games that were not arcade games that they're calling the arcade collection. Why is it called the arcade collection? Because <laughs> <laughs> none of these games were ever in arcades. Rock and Roll Racing, The Lost Vikings, and Blackthorn. I mean, that, 
it was it was why I wish I some the rare times I wish I still tweeted. I sent you guys a picture from one of my arcade modding communities of someone who made a GTA Vice City arcade cabin. <laughs> right, like, yeah. This bothers me so much, and I'm really not a semantic type guy. I like this game too, but this was never in arcades. But thousands of years from now, it'll be like a Tyrannosaurus standing next to a Stegosaurus. We're like, yeah, that technically never happened, and those were not part of the same generation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that makes sense, and that's yeah. I think that's where we are. I think that's where we are with Blizzard's early games. Like, eh, like it's a Stegosaurus standing next to a Tyrannosaurus. Let's not quibble and release this to kids as soon I, as possible. I think I, my assumption was they were using arcade more how it's used to refer to certain gameplay styles, you know, cause I rock guess. and roll racing is very arcade racing. Yeah. Totally. Or, or maybe, maybe the idea that like when most kids counter arcade uh, encounter arcades now, it is with like a multi-game aspect. Hmm. Oh, I didn't, yeah, it I is. Didn't think of yeah, that, maybe. Yeah. It, but yeah, rock and roll racing is the, the title on here. I'm probably most nostalgic for It's basically RC pro am, but with weapons. Yes. Uh, and Molly and, hatchet and Judas tunes. priest <laughs> and a good soundtrack. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and, and yeah, like this, the, the 16 bit version of this on super Nintendo was like my introduction to a bunch of classic rock songs to, uh, like highway star and a uh, bu- bunch of others. And At least two rock band intros were yeah. in Rock and Roll Races. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Um, but so what's cool about this is it gives you the option of playing for each of these, the Super Nintendo version, the Genesis version, or the definitive version. Yeah. And in the case of Lost Vikings and uh, Blackthorn, that means like we're taking the best elements from both the Super Nintendo and the Genesis versions and combining them in one. For rock and roll racing, it also means rather than listening to chiptune versions of these songs, we actually licensed the real songs wild. Yeah. that you can now yeah. listen to. And a few that weren't in it. Like, I don't remember Radar Love being one of the tracks. Uh, that was the bonus. That was the Genesis exclusive one, I think. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, okay. Because yeah, yeah. I think there are only four tracks in the in the, in the original game. Yeah, they, this is one of those, uh, sometimes I complain, like some of these retro collections, it's just like, they are just throwing the game up there together. They mm-hmm. actually did the work on this one to be like, yeah, there's like a museum mode with interviews, yep. and it's like, yeah, if you, if you really are into retro gra- games and have nostalgia for these games, like, 20 bucks is a little steep for three games, but mm-hmm. all those, that 20 bucks is really paying for all those I would, I would, I would only argue none of these games have been released in at all on consoles yet. I think that they're, they're always unlockables. Um, and I think hmm. if you're on, uh, what's the uh, battle.net, I right, think they've, yeah. they've had access to these games, but consoles have not. Mm-hmm. So if you've been pining for lost Vikings, uh, battle and rock and roll racing, it's neat to have them together. Um, especially on like, I, I imagine many PC gamers own a switch. Why wouldn't you? And bringing them on the go. They're, they're all three really good games. Yeah. And less less Vikings especially like that was always a favorite like the this action puzzle game basically where you have the three Vikings who like they each have different skills and you have to use them together as like a single unit in order to to get through these puzzles. I am curious why they didn't include Lost Vikings two, um, which had a bunch of different versions and would be kind of interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. From everything I heard, they cracked this thing open and like it is one of the better retro releases ever made but it's just for three games so yeah. like, that's the only disappointing yeah. and, about and it you can get it for 20 or there's like it's part of this deal where for 30 dollars they have like a blizzard anniversary 
digital collection that gets you a bunch of stuff in other Blizzard games. Like, oh, here's some skins for World of Warcraft or a pet or some cards for Hearthstone. In addition yeah, here's to... Here's a Molly Hatchet album cover for your Heroes of the Storm character. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Just, but in addition to that, you get the game. The game is kind of the main attraction, which is 20 on its own or 30 as part of that collection, which if I... I guess if I was like a regular WoW player, that that would excite me. But I'd rather just buy the twenty. Oh, well, here's what was weird. I was browsing the Wii, or not the Wii shop, the Switch shop, like the eShop, mm-hmm. and they're selling that Blizzard thirty dollar thing in there as well as the twenty dollar thing by itself. Weird. Like Nintendo's you, not getting any, what the hell? Like they're getting money for stuff that like World of Warcraft. Like what? What is what are consoles nowadays? Honestly, I. I... <laughs> I believe things hit Switch so quickly and furiously because Nintendo certification doesn't exist anymore. I was sending you guys like, this is the top of the page. And this is a clear asset flip and it's full price. Yeah. And, and there are yep. 400,000 deals this week and Nintendo isn't doing any curation. Nope. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think, I, but uh, interestingly for this, like I, I, I worked on, I love arcade games. I've been rebuilding arcade machines. Uh, I worked on an arcade collection but I think Blizzard found a way to make this a mandatory purchase for anybody who likes any of their games. Mm. Like it's an impulse buy for everybody who plays fucking Diablo, WoW, or uh, Starcraft. Like, why wouldn't you buy this? Like um, Blackthorn, it, it it struck me at the time as being like this is like uh, another game like Flashback or Out of This World, where it's this sort of side-scrolling puzzle-centric. Uh, you know, character action game, but uh, more more platformy than shooty, I guess. Although there is plenty of shooting, and if you want to, for whatever reason, you can take a shotgun and just start executing the uh, the other prisoners that you wake up near. Oof! Hey, that is a lot like out of this world. Mm. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, I think that about does it for new releases. So let's move along to. I don't know how I segue into the Hollywood segment, so here we go. Hollywood segment. VGA Hollywood segment. They are making a Twisted Metal TV series, of all things. Why? Well, here to tell us about it is Calypso himself. Calypso? Yes. <laughs> I, was that we did not plan this? Were you really queuing? I mean, here? you're the sound? only guy here with the Calypso impersonation. Okay, <laughs> yes, I'm Calypso. For, for twenty thousand dollars, you too can secure a television contract with Will Arnett. It never works. He's always available. Will Arnett is the executive to work on a show that hasn't been canceled. <laughs> yes, you will enjoy Will Arnett as Sweet Two or Thumper. We care not about white people voicing <laughs> not white people here on Twisted Metal. Wouldn't that be crazy? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> a white man voicing a black man? Mm. Okay, I'm, I immediately regret 
inviting you on the show, Cliff. So get that. Get the fuck That's out of here. That's just the way my improv went. I'm sorry. I remember. Remember, Mr. Grimm and a few other people in Twisted Metal. Wasn't there a bulldozer, Max? I'm sure there was. I don't know. Yeah. I win my contest, and I can grant you your heart's desire as long as it's some teleconference with Will Arnett. Yes. Did. did did he not meet an ironic end on a teleconference with the Reese's spokesman? <laughs> yes! I'm Calypso! I, I'm like a little impish Rod Serling. You never get exactly what you want. <laughs> I mean, they haven't confirmed Calypso will be in the TV show, but I've got to believe it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's executive produced by Will Arnett. Um, it's based on an original take from Deadpool writers, Rhett Reese and yeah. Paul Wernick, and it's going to be written Kai by Cobra Kai's mm-hmm. Michael Jonathan Smith. So it's. Um, I, w- I would say it's going to be terrible, but every adaptation I've seen has a much better shot as a television show than a movie. And especially with, with like. I wish there was a Mortal Kombat TV show, something that's a tournament, because that's what makes all this fun. I mean, there was, Battles. but nobody liked it. Yeah. Well, if, if well, you I mean, did not it, the, these are the guys. Not on the man. USA like, These guys, the Deadpool guys and Cobra Kai, it, it's all about camp, you know? And I yeah. think if you're going to do Twisted Metal, you should probably do it camp versus like a Twisted Metal Black yeah. TV show. Like so, when, Something this big and loud needs to be kind of silly. Yeah. Yeah. So, it needs to be like Drive Angry with Nicolas Cage. Yep. Yeah, and it, and it is you know the same people working on it are the people working on you know it's from um, Sony and PlayStation, tele PlayStation Productions they call it that's their TV arm I guess and they're, they're also doing we the last made of Community us. it was very good and we took it away from Set you enough out of you <laughs> enough um, so there I I try not to to go too much on rumor but there's one other Hollywood segment story uh, Henry Cavill the Witcher himself. Uh, I refuse to acknowledge him as Superman. Um, he posted like a thing to Instagram, which was like him. It looked like he was sitting at like a makeup chair or something, but he, he was holding this script or treatment or something where the text was sufficiently like, Oh, it's out of focus. They'll never know. Uh, yeah, this is the internet. So they immediately ran this like special program that refocuses stuff. And they were able to read all these names such as the Geth. And other names associated with Mass Effect. Yeah, yeah. I saw. I I mean, I hope it's not true because, like, Mass Effect isn't served very well. Its story is done very well in a video game. It's not served very well outside of a video game. It would have to be pretty big and epic to have Reapers and stuff like that. Yeah. Although, if you're gonna do Shepard, like male Shepard, like generic hero. Henry Cavill does come to mind. It's like, yeah, go. they would be top of my list to like read. Bald Space Marine with a giant ass. <laughs> it, the camera can pan all around it. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> so again, that's super rumor territory. But just hey, be careful what you photograph and put on social media. You know. So like, if you if you're trying to let's say plan an insurrection and declare martial law, maybe don't have your notes outside the Manila folder before you go see the president yeah. with those shows. That's true. Did, did, did Mark Ruffalo do that again? <laughs> that, that, <laughs> no, just the pillow, He man. revealed the whole insurrection. But, I, I'm thinking about this like, man, if they're doing like Twisted Metal and uh, Mass Effect movies now, like, yeah. are they going after the nostalgia market? Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, I, normally I would like, say this is just how long... This is how long Hollywood takes usually mm. to get around to stuff, and that's 
typically for me why a lot of video game adaptations have failed is I'm like, you know right. you missed your window by like six yeah. years. I, I wrote right? about this a long time ago because Hollywood seems to enjoy like, well, the brand awareness for this is a decade old. Like the brand is dead in the medium it's from. But look at yeah, the Uncharted you know people movie. who talk like about it that now. That game was what? Four years ago now? Three or four years ago for Uncharted 4? And it's just like, I, I no, don't no, think Hollywood truly understands the nature of nostalgia in general. Like, when people talk about Saved by the Bell, it's like, no, they don't want a new series. That's not what they're talking about. They're no. talking about when they were young and remembering things that were fun. Or or just, you were mando- <laughs> spoon-fed mandatorily. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We don't need a new one. Yeah, nobody wants this. Nobody wanted Fuller House. Like, come on. I'm not, I'm not against a, a Mass Effect or, like, I think no, Twisted no, no. Metal has... I'm, I'm not saying the, that. I'm saying specifically about Saved by the Bell. <laughs> right, yeah. But it's it's uh, the wishes, us talking about on social media, a million people are talking about on social media, like, because it's free and is effortless. Yeah. Whereas your show isn't. And, mm-hmm. and so I, yeah. I don't think we're going to pay a fee to rent this or go see it or pay a streaming service. But uh, Twisted Metal show, like, I think that's got great potential. Like, if you just think of that, like, with the camp of blood sport with cars mm-hmm. yeah this could be amazing yeah and I, I would love to see that mass effect i don't i think there's no need for that this story is so told so well in games what are they going to do to enhance the experience go play if you like the first episode of whatever mass effect is go play the mm. games but twisted metal can offer something I, I think if you do twisted metal the way they did the the evil dead tv series you know like it mm-hmm. make it Which like a horror it. thing but it can't be horror thing mm-hmm. then i'm interested yeah, mm-hmm. you know? sure. yeah like, like super hard r uh in to be honest we don't have a lot of uh car based shows my my girl had found one but um Imagine what Fast and the Furious does done for the small screen on a weekly basis. Oh, I thought Neat. you meant like those old those British dudes with that car show. <laughs> like we don't have enough of those. Oh, like, God, the, wait, the, Chris, the, you're not car guy? Like This car goes up to a hundred kilometers an hour, made out of solid aluminium. Just wasn't aware like Chris is calling Grim <laughs> on the weekends to talk cars, you know, like man. No. See that? That's not my girl. I'm not dating my grandmother. <laughs> they're all they're all dead. Um, I can see them whenever I want. You know, you were talking about nostalgia. Uh, I think Blizzard was leaning into a lot of nostalgia at their recent digital-only BlizzCon thing they did. Um, One of the the bigger announcements, there's a lot of really, it was weird. First of all, this event, uh, it was one of those things where you're like, I think think maybe it was Kotaku, like someone put like, this this could have been an email. Like it was like very much (laughs) like all these announcements felt like, Man, they should feel bigger. This is BlizzCon. But there was a few. Uh, the first one is, and they answered the question I always had when they announced World of Warcraft Classic. I'm like, so are they going to go back through all the expansions? And sure enough, yes. Because they announced the Burning Crusade oh. is coming to WoW Classic. But I don't I don't know how that works, right? So if you're re- truly there either. for WoW Classic, is it going to be like a branch? Like, oh, over on these servers, this will be the Burning Crusade servers, and this will still be OG Classic? I don't know. I don't know. I think Blizzard should launch a Learning Crusade to find out. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I was going to make a cataclysm joke. Um, so cataclysm. That's awful. <laughs> That's really, truly a bad joke. Um, uh, one of my worst. <laughs> That's also that's also where they revealed uh, that Blizzard Arcade thing, and that and they, I love those. It's like ah, here's mm-hmm. this thing, and it's out. Go get it. That was fun. Yeah. 
Um, they showed off the road class for Diablo 4, which is like, okay, Diablo 4 still being worked on and we're seeing new shit. Excellent. Uh, the other big announcement, there's, there's some other small stuff, you know, like they revealed details on Overwatch 2, but that still feels like, when is that coming, right? Um, they revealed, and it had been leaked already, so everyone's like, oh yeah, Diablo 2 Resurrected is a kind of a re- yeah. complete remake of Diablo 2. But the way they described it, now remember, they did not do so well with that recent Warcraft 3 remake. That people people did not like that. Mm-mm. And it seems to be they mm. learned a lot of their lessons. This sounds like um remember the Master Chief collection, the Halo Master Chief collection how you could like press that button and be like, "Oh shit, this is just running on top of original Halo like you can see the old polygons and stuff yep, if you press yep. this." They said that's what this will be. Although Diablo 2 was pixels, not polygons, but like it's like so they're gonna throw like a polygon layer over the pixels where you could at any time press a button and be like, oh yeah, it's it's Diablo 2 running underneath this thing. Are, are they are, are people still looking forward to this after the debacle of was it Warcraft 3? Yeah, that's that? what I was saying. Is is I think they did yeah. learn their lesson and they are doing okay. this the way people, all the ways that people are like, man, Warcraft 3, you just did the bare minimum and that was not good. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, no. We're gonna do it the way you guys want us to do a Diablo two remake. So, ah, you know, basically that also tells me Diablo four is a long way off. They they <laughs> they're yeah. talking they also this. announced that uh, Metallica is such a good live band <laughs> that it'll trigger the DMCA notice. And and I forgot um, about this. I've never heard of this happening before until like uh, Dan and Jude at Palette Swap Ninja were so good at Beatles songs. YouTube was like, you can't put Beatles songs on here. I'm like these are all our own instruments and my voice. And Metallica did the same thing. It's it's within seconds of their song. Yeah, <laughs> Twitch, 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 blurred, Twitch like, took their audio down and replaced it with like Jesus. generic, like like electronic <laughs> video audio. game music. Yeah. So, but the irony there for for you youngsters is Metallica are sort of the reason we have DMCA takedowns. Yes. Like they were the big guys that were like anti Napster and people are stealing our music. You're not just going to download our music. We're not going to let that happen. <laughs> this is my best Lars. You, you do need a bit more Europe in that Lars. Your Lars is a little too little, California. Spent a little time in Europe, grew up mostly in the Bay Area. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, I, I did see people point out that, like, well, Clinton signed the DMCA, like, a couple of years before Napster was a thing. But uh, mm-hmm. still, they, they did lead the charge against, you know, stop all the downloading. Yeah. Uh, and so to, to have them, perfect. like, be, <laughs> like, censored yeah. live is so yeah. great. And but also, they that- amazing. I, and, but just if, if you were Blizzard, like... Hey Twitch, we're gonna have Metallica on. Don't don't, don't DMC. Does Jim them. Henson like, run there's, Blizzard there's, now? Yes. <laughs> a, hey hey, we're has. Blizzard. Maybe don't do that. Like of all the things like Twitch could do, like turn it off now. We have Metallica live. Has Metallica played live on Twitch before? This should be a thing. Twitch is sending press releases right. out. Metallica's playing live on Twitch. And instead, it's auto filters ruined everything. Yeah. <laughs> like you think there's a button to be like disable the bots for this one hour yeah. at least. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> guess yeah, guess not. Working at Twitch, I'm like, uh, uh, sir, I work at Twitch, and uh, we're going to ruin this entire Metallica concert that cost money. Um, <laughs> we should uh, contact Blizzard uh, immediately. And I didn't, I didn't see that part. I kind of want to just see what the generic metal is like. Oh, it's. I think it's still up. You could go watch the the archive, and you'll just see them. They're fucking rocking too, and that's what makes it even better. It's like they're rocking out, and it almost sounds like like lullaby music. It's like ding 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 ding. ding, ding, ding. It, it was called. It was called. Uh, uh, video game fo- 
folk music. <laughs> so it's, it is like the opposite of Metallica. Jesus. Um, would you like to hear it? Kind of. I, I mean, have it queued up? Okay, I think I... Yeah, I do. You ready? This is Metallica. Just everybody get ready for the double pedal bass drums right. and James Hetfield. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are we sure this is Twitch and not like an epic troll? I know. It sounds like the Rugrats DVD no, menu. it sounds like, like background a, music like... from a Dead Rising game, like in the mall. It's just... yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow, uh, so good. Uh, but also, fuck, what's <laughs> oh, um, Come on. God, I hate that. Black album is good. Um, uh, not about their music. Their fans suck, and they made a... It's one of the best music documentaries ever made, Some Kind of Monster, that shows millionaires trying to rehabilitate themselves to be young and it never works mm. and it, I hate I love and I hate that documentary exists at the same time some kind of mm. monster mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my lock of the week for VGA lock of the week <laughs> uh, lock of the week hey uh, Sony's coming out with a new PSVR woo that was very exciting to me because yeah. you heard me speculate before like what the fuck are you guys doing is this being prioritized at all I sold my PS5 so I don't even know if you can buy PSVR games within the PlayStation 5 environment? I think you can because they have that one converter yeah. cable and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. They, they do, but like, um, when I, for a, I had the PS5 at launch for a month and I could see every game on the PS5 list. None of them were VR and none of them were VR compatible. You can buy anything on PS4 on PS5, which is lots of VR games so uh, that were compatible. But the fact that the system didn't launch with an optical port to work with the camera... I did not have faith in VR moving forward, and I just like VR a lot. I think it has a ton of potential. It's made me like genres I haven't liked in a while. I am exclusively working out with fitness games in VR mm-hmm. on the PS4, and just seeing that Sony made a commitment to like, no, yeah, we're still committed to VR, and we'll have a new set out. There is there, I don't have a ton of complaints about even the existing PSVR set, which I think is, I had the two. There was a original yeah, model? Yeah, there's the mm-hmm. second model. Yeah, yeah. But there's clearly room for improvement, and um, that could be great. Like, right now, I, I exercise a lot in uh, Beat Saber, and the sound is different coming from my speakers. I have to use the headphones because mm. the delay is too intense. Sure. Um, but I would much rather use my speakers and blow the whole house out when I play my new Imagine Dragons and Lincoln Park pack. God damn it, I hope they catch up with the PC versions <laughs> on their DLC packs. So, so you mentioned the improvements, and they, they, there was a Sony. Actually, the way they announced this was really strange. So, uh, PlayStation mm-hmm. had Jim Ryan sort of just dropped it in a GQ interview, like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to do another PlayStation VR." In a GQ interview, they were they were talking like we, you jump straight from Ryan Reynolds' new underwear to like, yeah, PSVR two. You're welcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then, PS five VR. So Sony was immediately ready with the blog post, like, "Yeah, yeah, this is real. This isn't just like you know something our, our, the, the exec said. Like this is real." And they did talk about like it will benefit from because the the VR tech has improved quite a bit. I think Michael, which mm-hmm. you have Oculus Quest, or don't you have one yeah. of the newer Oculuses? Where I, I have the the first Oculus Quest. Okay, so like and it's pretty great. This will see it's it's where this seems like it's like gonna take some of the newer P- yeah. VR tech, but it's the one thing it's retaining. It'll still have a cable. It won't have the yeah. nightmare of cables from PSVR 1, but it will have one cable. It's not wireless. My, my guess is that it will probably use the <laughs> USB-C ca- uh, 
port yeah. that's on the front of the unit because that's what the the Oculus Quest uses to connect to a PC. And there's a USB-C port in the back, hopefully, because what I'm using right now I call cat porn. There are so many tangled wires and extra boxes, they're constantly getting at it and dragging it out of the entertainment center. The, the other big Sony announcement is um, they announced that some former PlayStation exclusive games are in fact coming to PC. You will remember that Death Stranding came came to Steam. Mm-hmm. Uh, Days Gone is going to be kind of the first in this new batch. It actually seems like with Microsoft leading the charge with Game Pass kind of coexisting in the PC environment, like it, it feels like Sony needs to get this together and figure out some way for PlayStation owners to play things in their PC if they're going to keep buying. That's that was my take is like party. look if if it's going to be impossible to get a PS5 for like a yeah. they're saying yeah. like all of 2021 yeah. it might be Im- nearly impossible. I, I, the Biden administration is looking into the superconductors the sh- that the com- yeah, are in PS5s yeah. and why the short cuz the shortages are out there for medical equipment and yeah. phones yeah. and everything too. Yeah. Yeah, um, so it's not just PS5, but like it's a problem. But yeah, if you can't get a PS5 you know, like they got to release these games on some platform that a lot of people have, and a lot of people that PC. And, and my so. my my opinion was like, what does what do PS4 exclusives matter to you anymore? What do these matter at all? I mean, there's some like, of the best games coming out on consoles. They they are, but like, I mean, other than like maybe something like God of War and Spider Man, which has an enhanced version on PS5. Like, fuck it. Like, just any PS4 exclusive should be sold. To anybody who wants them on PS5 or on, on, on PC, like that, that sure. would be a great idea. I, I saw a few wish list ones that I was like, ooh, yeah, like uh, even PS3 exclusives. Like I yeah. saw some people being like, hey, Tokyo Jungle, let's get that over yeah. here where people can. Why, why shouldn't that. PC gamers be able to play the Uncharted collection? Like just right sure. now, it's it's that's two consoles ago. Who gives a shit? Let yeah. PC players learn about Nathan Drake, and maybe they'll want to get your system. You have no more money to be made on this, on on having a PlayStation exclusive. Yep. Yeah, man. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, hopefully some exciting announcements at Thursday's State of Play event. Mm-hmm. And the last story, Michael, mm-hmm. I know I want you to take it because I know you looked into it. Because mm-hmm. on its surface, it's something where it's like, gamer rage, because it's another politician trying to meddle and, and ban violent video games. But I know you... You kind of looked more into it, and so you know a lot yeah. more about this. I've been looking forward to hearing about this for a whole week, because Michael Raparz's background is in journalology, yep. and I saw a lot of people panicking, and it looks like, well, well oh, this is really constitutional, no, and you're doing well, anything. That, that's the thing. Like, like I, I'm just, I, I don't really understand the logic here. Um this is so some some background. This is a representative, state representative in Illinois, Representative Marcus C. Evans Jr., who is amending an existing article in the Illinois Criminal Code from 2012 that it's uh, referred to as the video game law, which makes it illegal for a retailer or pretty much anyone to sell a game that has been deemed violent to a minor and he's amending it so that it's illegal to sell them period to anybody and he is expanding the definition of violent to include uh things that are psychologically damaging like specifically he seems to have an axe to grind with carjacking and games that depict it 
There's a big carjacking problem. In I Chicago. know there is. Yeah. Well, it was tied to a big, I guess, a recent spike in carjackings in yeah. Illinois too, right? So. Yeah. But he he is blaming video games, and I would be interested to see like uh, how many of the carjackers who were arrested, like if have you <laughs> looked into their backgrounds and seen like, oh, are they avid gamers? Do they think yeah. it's acceptable because they played Grand Theft Auto, or are they just desperate? Poor people who, you know, like, for whatever reason, think this is a thing they should do. Uh, sir, where did you start your carjacking uh, mm-hmm. uh, yes. legacy? Like, Vice City. <laughs> like, yeah. no, no, no one's going to say that. Even if you saw that link, it means nothing. That's correlation, not causation. Yeah, because exactly. such a large percentage of young males play violent video games that it's just like, that doesn't mean it's well, causing like, it for uh, yeah, them. Th- th- this is well-worn territory here. Yeah, the, this yeah, idea yeah, of yeah. correlation versus causation, the most recent psychological studies say that there is no causal link. But uh, this specific law that he is amending, like I, I was surprised to find that this existed because in 2011, the Supreme Court, not a state Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court, struck down a similar law in California as unconstitutional because it ruled that video games are, in fact, free and protected speech. You can't Mm -hmm. just regulate them as though they're a firearm or or something else, saying, like, they have stories, they have characters, they often try to make a point. They are speech. You may not like the speech. You may not think it's on the level of uh, classic literature or cinema. Or, or let's say two Gone in 60 Second movies, yeah. which you're not attacking. But it is... 2011, also is, the year, the last year a Grand Theft Auto yeah. came out. But it is <laughs> it is not the role of the government to dictate taste. Yeah. Well, th- so what you're saying is this this is might be the actual first example of a Democratic politician actually going after free speech, which they're always accused of doing. I mean, I I would say that, except no, it's not the first. Uh, I mean, Hillary Clinton was (laughs) a sponsor of an earlier bill, which, for all we know, might have turned a whole generation of gamers into rabid Trump fans. I don't know. Um, I did hear that (laughs) argument that, uh, like, oh, I think Trump will be better for for freedom of expression. Like, man, do you, though? It turned Hillary, in my eyes, into an opportunistic, uh, untrustworthy person. And, yeah, like, I can... I have to imagine a bunch of people who look into politics even less like, man, they're all corrupt. They're all the same. Like, you're an idiot and don't make me whip out the Winnie the Pooh impression. Well, like, I guess it was um, also a Democrat. Like, Tipper Gore was the one that went after music, right? With the reason we have this. As a non-elected official, though. She was just an advocate. And and this this is like, as as somebody who always votes Democrat but is a registered Mm -hmm. independent, like, this is a thorn in my side. Like, why are you pulling this shit? Like... Why Why do you have to be the nanny party who's like, no more violent video games? Like, come on. Uh, I know we're all feeling a little crazy, but it's like, yeah, what? this isn't going to help you with your party. No. We were talking about, like, I think with Modern Warfare 3, they tried on the news to be like, oh, this is going on in a video game? That lasted two days because the rest of the public was like, my baby plays Call of Duty. What are you talking yeah. about? Like, yeah, like, and I would, I would imagine at this point, I play Call of Duty. Like, I, I told you guys, like, I think, I think angry goons who play Call of Duty are probably a bigger voting block than concerned parents at this point. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but there you go. That's what I was. That's what I meant to say. Yes, yeah. like, there's more people playing Call of Duty than voting on behalf of banning Call of Duty. Yeah, I just think here angry goons, and I think of the Popeye characters, yeah. those yeah, little the <laughs> playing Call of Duty. But to go back to my earlier point, like, Sorry, I was man. surprised to find out this still existed because of the constitutionality thing. And I did see, like, 
a paper that was talking about it and several other laws that it said were outdated. Like there was a clear commission that was supposed to kind of clean up uh, these these laws, including one that uh, apparently uh, made it illegal to engage for adults to engage in premarital sex at oh, all. Um, a squirrel can run for alderman. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> and saying like the, the clear commission should have struck these laws from the books and said it just recommended moving them to a different section. Uh, but like the, the, the video game law in particular, it's like this is unconstitutional on its face. It should not be in the criminal code. Uh, and in fact, like there, when it, when it went into the criminal code, like the, the politicians who voted for it acknowledged that it would not stand up to a challenge. They mm. said like one was quoted as saying something similar to like, yeah, this is probably going to get challenged and it's going to cost the state half a million dollars in legal fees yep. to settle a free <laughs> speech issue. You're going to lose and you're going to be a Netflix movie in yeah, 10 years. <laughs> but I'm not going to vote against it because if I do, I'm going to be in my oh. opponent's campaign mailers as having voted against it. So it passed almost unanimously. And But, like, they know it's unenforceable. Like, if you try to enforce it, this will fall apart. So I'm not sure what mm. this is uh, supposed to accomplish exactly other than to make somebody feel good as though they're doing something by attacking a symbolic representation of the act that they're trying to curb. I think that's exactly what it is, is, is it is literally so a politician can say, I tried to do something, it got mm -hmm. shot down. So they get the, they get the point, you yeah. know. I mean, it doesn't help that the biggest proponents of this stuff other than Hillary Clinton have been uh, Rod Blagojevich and uh, <laughs> was it Leland Yee, I think, and they were both uh, indicted Super on serious corrupt. Yeah, yeah. corruption and weapons I, charges. She's what? She's been on the show before. Hmm. I was thinking of uh, Leland. Oh, Leland. Oh, <laughs> Every time I, I hear Blagojevich, though, I can't help but think of like a Jerry Lewis character, like Blagojevich. Right. Like, it, it's like it's that would be Jerry Lewis getting a headshot in uh, Call of Duty Warzone. <laughs> Blagojevich <laughs> So I just love, I looked at Leland Yee just to be sure, like, wait, have I got the right guy? And I, yeah, I love his Wikipedia entries. Leland Yin Yee is a convicted arms trafficker and former Democratic <laughs> California state senator. Yeah. I remember yeah. him. I'm, uh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't look into this at all just because it, it seemed like it wouldn't really go anywhere, but how afraid should we be? Not very. Okay. I mean, like, this has already been decided by the Supreme Court. Fucking Scalia wrote the decision. Um, I'd say we're safe. But first of all, it's like we we shouldn't be scared at all because this is an Illinois yeah. law. We it's don't not live a in Illinois. Law. Yeah. <laughs> the thing the thing that threw me is it, it it wasn't like saying oh if you're under eighteen you can't buy a violent video game. It was just trying to ban all violent video game sales yep. outright. And that that's where I'm like, well wait, okay, I you know I get they I think there's didn't we talk about Michael like are are there even laws on the books saying like hey if you can you really enforce, like, can someone under 18 buy, buy a game from GameStop or whatever? Like yeah, we that, were or... talking about that. And, like, I'm, I'm, I'm sure at this point it's been a non-issue because most retailers have policies in place that they're not going to do that. But that is not necessarily a legally enforceable thing. Like, this yes. is – that is a self-imposed policy about a self-imposed rating that the the game industry adopted but that is not controlled by the government so does the government have the right to 
codify a rating as law. Like, you know, I, yeah. a, a, a lot of people might think it's illegal for kids to go see R-rated movies. It isn't. It's just that most theater chains right. have agreed not to let in kids to see R-rated movies because of an agreement with the studios. It, it's to keep government off their back. And, and apparently for video games, it has not been working because politicians keep going after yeah. this shit. No, it ha- like- but it, it, it does work. But it's it's also a lie... I was. I would recommend listening to the Laser Time episode on banned films, which there are films banned all over the world by the most progressive societies in the universe, including Japan and France. Mm-hmm. America has literally never banned a film, never. But capitalistic pressure on an institution can ban a film very efficiently and easily. But it also means we have a future creating a chain that allows nothing but children to see <laughs> R-rated movies and rent M-rated games. And I think we should do it. I think we should do it. We should have our own we should have our own Boogie Nights movie. It'll be it'll be a wonderful idea. Yeah. Let's <laughs> I mean that's the, the, the cynical the cynic in me goes, "Well, yeah, the real way you affect change if you're really out to stop sales of violent games or whatever is we, Guns! We, well, we we live in a capitalistic society. You you put pressure on retail. You it's the business that that's the way you go. Is you say, hey, hey, businesses, like we're gonna make your life miserable in here to to operate your business if you keep doing this or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like the law that probably is far more effective than any of these laws. You, you that could never get you could maybe do something with gun control or maybe do something mm-hmm. about inner city poverty, but nobody ever will. And said this person. I'm not. I don't mean to dump on the old president, but like when he was talking, it's a, the the it's the year anniversary of his tweet. Like we got COVID completely under control. <laughs> it's the one year anniversary of that. Half a million people dead. One year anniversary. This is nothing. We got this. The stock market is great. Those are the former president's words. He would also say, uh, "What about COVID?" And like. We did everything we could. We banned the Chinese. Mm-hmm. And, and like every time someone asked him if he did something, he would point to that because he technically did something. And so will this person. What did yeah. this guy do to stop carjackings in Chicago? Did he, did he create a, a network of security cameras? Did he put more police on site where cars are being jacked? No. I did something. I fucking put a thing out there for, to ban video games that is unenforceable. Yeah. I did something. I, I, I think it's probably just this is a symbolic feel-good gesture to people who don't play video yeah. games. And, like, it's yeah. it's just something that's going to look good in a campaign mailer. And but I want to know who the fuck is that anymore? Because when right. did, eventually we will reach a point. I thought we were already at the point. We're older than a lot of politicians. The people making these laws now are supposed to kind of get the shit and understand mm-hmm. that video games aren't the cause for this. And yet they're not because they're like, it's all this symbolic bullshit. Like, they, yeah. we, we know now that they know better and they're still doing it because... Ugh. They tried this, uh, like, last year we talked about it with gun pro- like guns in schools problems. They tried to blame video games and, like, the world didn't buy it. In fact, most of the Republican base is like, I agree, guns should be free and everywhere, and everyone should hold one, but we shouldn't ban video games. <laughs> like, uh, uh, I also like video games quite a deal. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so, like, it's, this goes nowhere with anyone. Yeah. And it's nice to know we, we don't have to have these kind of conversations that often anymore until some idiot does something like yeah, this. Just, this just mm-hmm. seems like overreach without really evaluating anything. So, yeah. yeah. It's something you can point to that he did in lieu of something that would have actually helped. And those things are harder to control and require a deeper, bigger conversation and usually anger a lot of people. But, yeah, uh, 
more Americans die every day before COVID because guns exist. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no one wants to talk about it. We never. <laughs> we don't do it as a show. But the second you do, you'll be like every other country where a lot of people don't die every day mm. from guns. <laughs> yeah, but then you have to talk to those people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's the worst. You have to get Ted Nugent on with this fucking awful fucking, mm-hmm. his stale, waterlogged hat. Like, guns actually guns actually decrease gunshot victims. Mm-hmm. Like, thanks, Ted. It's great to have you here. Guns make less people shot. Mm-hmm. This is an awesome statistic, Ted. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, like, singer of Cat Scratch Fever, for Thank teaching you. us about gun safety. <laughs> Cars actually make less people drive. Thank you. Thank you. This is this is a perfect salient point, Ted. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's move on to the community segment, which is always a segmenting. Our community last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was what's a series that you'd want to see switch to a new genre and what would you change it to? On VigilGameApocalypse.com, hey buddy, you got to slow your car down and let me in, says, a long time ago when I had a website and reviewed stuff, I would write top 10 games I want announced. One of those games was a game I made up called Mario Paint Ops. A first person, <laughs> since COD was big at the time, Mario game where instead of bullets, you had paintballs. Sounds familiar. Of course, you can play local and online multiplayer, and it's basically COD for baddies. <laughs> then Splatoon came out, which used paint. I'm pretty... Whoops. I'm pretty sure Nintendo owes me a check. Did you knock over your drummer? What was that? It was a, a set of bookends that got knocked over and came apart. <laughs> It's a random rim shot. I know. It was like it was like the beginning of the Eric Andre show. Michael Keigel, the drummer of VGA. Um, That's great. Yeah. Yeah, Splatoon's good. And and yeah, I like but I do like calling it Mario Paint Ops. Like maybe that's what I'll call Splatoon. <laughs> maybe that's on. how it started. And and yeah. it's a thousand times better way to control the game. That fucking mouse. <laughs> Um. Oh, boy. Trick the TM says, I want a new Yoshi's Island that is done as a third person shooter. A lot of shooter requests here. Uh, targeting enemies with eggs in an over-the-shoulder manner would be a neat mechanic. Also, platforming will work better in that style than it has than if it was an FPS. Instead, you've given this a lot of thought. What I just want to know is how would you do active reload with Yoshi? Mm. What's what's going on here with the egg? With well, the he's he's got to pinch his own sphincter like <laughs> right, right in yeah. the middle. Well, I've got a question. You have you played Yoshi's Safari, which is what you're describing? It's literally over Yoshi's shoulder True. with the super right. scope. Still 2D, but like, yeah, Nintendo's, yeah, it's been a little weird with its, its, uh, Yoshi and over the shoulder Yoshi games. Mm-hmm. But you don't know, you don't want to know where those eggs come from. No, 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 I don't. <laughs> Especially, yeah, Yoshi's a boy. Like, where, where are the yep. eggs coming from exactly? It's one, it's a mystery. Trey Johnson says, uh, I've always loved the lore of fighting games, and I would love to see a fighting series as an RPG. I would love to see a Street Fighter 2 RPG. Oh, yeah. uh, it would be uh, great to see the battle system be like S- Sabin's Blitz moves in Final Fantasy VI. Um, you uh, you put uh, you do the move, and then it uh, hits the bad guy in a turn-based battle. Mm-hmm. I mean, let me tell you about a little series called Mortal Kombat Mythologies. <laughs> <laughs> you might you might not want this as badly as you think. 
Uh, let me tell you about a little series called Project Cross Zone. <laughs> it was Namco and Sega and Capcom in one game, and it was Michael, all just it's right. happened again. The old man from the Phalanx cover has, has crashed the show. <laughs> <laughs> ah, shucks. You don't know what you're talking about. You're going to have to put some banjo music behind him, Matt. And there was a Samurai Showdown RPG that was never released outside Japan. Very sad. Uh, you don't you don't want to hear about Project Cross Zone. You'd never play another game again. <laughs> you, 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 of course I want to hear no, about Project no. Cross some crazy old man i gotta take this one michael this is this is my specialty All so right. robert beach says mm-hmm. mortal Kombat. speaking of mortal Kombat, as a yakuza brawler a la yakuza 5 so right. five playable characters five locations slash realms uh the silly heat action at- attacks translate to mortal Kombat fatalities uh, and expand on this silly and serious lore with hour-long cutscenes of how the Honorable Baraka <laughs> rose to leadership, or how Frost descended to villainy. There's so much to work with here. Have it be the official pre-sequel between uh, X and Eleven. All right. They kind of did something similar with um, was it Mortal Kombat Deception, where you had that that conquest mode, I think, where you're playing as this new character named Shujinko, who's like. Learning yeah, all the other oh characters' moves, it was not I, great. I, I, I liked it. it. They threw an RPG in the middle of a Mortal Kombat yeah, game. That was weird. Um, on Twitter, at EZLKill uh, says, I have this dumb idea of a cooperative third-person perspective action game set in the Halo Uni, where you play as a shadow team made up of unique characters doing various missions. I wasn't sure if this was a reference to a thing that already exists. I was like, eh. no, Halo's never had various missions. <laughs> various missions. Go there, shoot stuff. I'm Cortana. I mean, I, sort of ODST is like that. Actually, ODST is weird, dude. There's like an overworld where then you kind of mm-hmm. discover. I don't know. It's strange. Strange. Um, man, I just found I found an, a, a sealed Kirby game in my house to get today, so I'm going to read Logical Dojo's Kirby finally gets an honest-to-goodness 3D game, and it's Souls-like. Angry Eyes Kirby can finally come to shine. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty great. Yeah. And it, you can't knock him off a cliff and make him lose all his souls. Oh, he just needs a breath of air. <gasps> That's again. true. Although when he mm-hmm. dies, instead of souls, he would just throw up all the enemies he's yeah. inhaled, and then you'd have to go <sighs> gather those back up. Yeah, you have to go re-inhale his puke like a dog. <laughs> you don't want to hit down and actually turn Kirby into a giant skeleton with a sword. <laughs> the thing has no real power. Mm. Doesn't even get to vote. Let's see. The Killin' S. Dorio or the Killin's Dorio? You know, the Killer Dorito mm-hmm. says, The genre change I want to see is Mega Man becoming a first-person shooter. Have a hub world similar to Mario 64 to replace the stage select screen and have colorful 3D worlds inspired by the 8-bit classics. That'd be fun. Uh, hashtag Dr. Wally. <laughs> I have actually, I, I'm one of the few people in the universe that you know uh, that have played the Mega Man first-person shooter that was canceled. Oh, wow. Wow. And, and it wasn't that the first-person shooter portion was bad. There's a uh, pilot wings-esque falling through rings version that I remember just standing next to somebody with a lot more power than me. And like, this is oh, what dear. got the game. Like, no one would look at this again. <laughs> and and it wasn't it wasn't the shooting because like there was something to something to, to do there. So Mega Man FPS can happen, and I've sort of seen the building block. It sounds very Metroid Prime, mm. shooting from a Buster yeah. Cannon out of your hand. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say a third-person totally shooter would 
isn't that Mega Man Legends? Isn't that sort of third person shooter at times? Kind of sort of. Yeah, Legends and like a couple of the X games are well, they're still pretty two D, but you can see you can see yourself. Um, hmm. yeah, I, I'm not explaining that very well at all, but you know, it's two in the morning and I'm drunk. Hmm, Fair enough. <laughs> and I just told you I played a game you've never seen or heard of. I think Polygon wrote a thing about it. God damn. I'm still real. It was one of the first things yeah. that, like, uh, I think I know who leaked this. <laughs> just because, like, uh, was it like, you? <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't me because it was. I know where it was, and uh, I didn't have it. Hmm. And so I played cool. it several times, and really? it's it's confusing. What was it for? So cryptic. So cryptic. PS3. Dang. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good to know. It was on a. Sorry, it was PS360, but it was I played it on a PS3. Ah, okay. That's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Uh, we have a video answer from Mike Amari, who says... Hey, VGA crew. Mike Amari here with the question of the week. question of the week, of course, was, if you can have any game series change its genre for its next installments, which ones would it be? Uh, I saw a lot of people posting the most popular ones seem to be fighting games. You know, if you can have fighting game stories like the ones we've had in most recent Mortal Kombat's, uh, just put into, like, a third-person action game, like a Devil May Cry or something like that. That seems to be a very popular option, and I kind of agree with that. I would like to see something like that uh, that's a little better than, say, Mythology Sub-Zero or something like that. Um, for me, though, for my money, the best use of switching genres would be for the Five Nights at Freddy's series. Now, the Five Nights at Freddy's series is very well known for the amount of lore that's in it. Whole YouTube channels have been built upon, you know, the lore of Five Nights at Freddy's. And I find it fascinating just, you know, how much has been put into the story of that game for a game series that I just can't stand to play. I really do not enjoy the gameplay loop of Five Nights at Freddy at all. So seeing that as a more traditional, you know, like uh, Outlast or Resident Evil 7 style horror game would just be right up my alley. Uh, I would love to see, like, the people who worked on, say, previous Silent Hills or something work on, like, a proper Five Nights at Freddy, like, first-person horror game where, where you yourself are, like, wandering around at night and have to do something other than just look at security cameras uh, in, like, a weird order in order to progress through the game. I think it would be a better way to get the storylines across. I think it would be a better way to get more people interested in the games. And I think it would just overall make for a much better experience gameplay-wise than with the gameplay system they have currently in place. Uh, so yeah, if we can get Five Nights at Freddy done as like a proper first person or a third person like horror game, I think that would be an excellent shift in genre for them. Uh, thank you for being with me this week, guys. I look forward to being with you again next week. Nice, thank you. Nice. I, I also would like to know more about the velour in uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Bad no, I, I, it I sounded like you, you said velour for a second. Sure, it's yeah. th- that and Tony Soprano's tracksuit. Mm-hmm. Those are the velours I want to know more velour. about. Just imagine how this smells. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that could be fun. And I will say, like, uh, if, if you want something better than Mortal Kombat Mythology Sub Zero, uh, Mortal Kombat Shaolin Monks was an excellent God of War ripoff. Um, so sure. Yeah. Give yeah. that a look for the PS2 if you're curious. Um, so anyway, a new question of the week. What has been your go-to game during lockdown? We're approaching the one-year anniversary of when lockdown started in in the U.S. and much of the West. Um, and uh, here, baby. Has has there been a a game that you keep coming back to over the past year, or a game that came out that you were like, this this has really made uh, the lockdown more bearable. Um, t- 
tell us about it. Um, I, I'm, I'm hard-pressed to think of one because of the nature of this show and the way I have to play games for it. Yeah, that Michael plays like seven new games a, a week. Roughly that, and, yeah, yeah. And I don't. Mm. I, I have one, yeah. and it's not interesting. You, but we did a show about it with our, our buddy Adam from Paducan. A uh, new episode this week about NBA Jam, FYI. All right. But I have played more Donkey Kong during over the last year than ever in my entire life. And I've played a lot of Donkey Kong in my my life. And it's, it's the thing I think we've talked about, not necessarily behind the scenes, but like none of us are, Matt, Michael, and I aren't necessarily against multiplayer, but the work it takes to get good at multiplayer. Mm-hmm. And not not just work, but practice gaming. Gaming practice, I have no problem with that. I'll practice all day. Oh, it's yeah. the reading and the frame stuff. I've never gotten into that that much. Than looking into how to get a better score at Donkey Kong. When you think Homeboy got a million in Donkey Kong, like I, I have made six hundred thousand, and I'm stuck there at around seven hundred thousand. Um, it's very very hard, and there are certain things you ha- you have to actually look at frames. But it's not as complicated because I've known Donkey Kong my whole life. There are four levels. I know exactly what to do. It's been pretty therapeutic. I don't do it every day. I do it like uh, once every month or so. I look very deeply into Donkey Kong strats. And it's uh, been really fun. But about once a day, I just played two or three games of Donkey Kong. I was late to this show. from playing. I was like, oh, shit. Am I going to crack my high score in Donkey Kong? Yeah. It takes And remember, that also takes like... One minute <laughs> to crack the high score in Donkey yeah. Kong. It's 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 hard to do. Um, well, you got to remember, like that one dude's parents. There is a jump button. Mm-hmm. Come on! <laughs> you think I'm not jumping? What the fuck? I'm no, wall jumping. You know about wall jumping in Donkey Kong? Parents discovered the jump button hours. Well, in? I, I'm in a similar predicament there because uh, I have played Burger Time uh, dozens of times and been shit at it and wondered like, how does anybody get good at this game? And then like recently found out there's a pepper button that lets you <laughs> attack and stun your enemies. <laughs> I never knew that. Okay. Is this with the arcade version? You didn't notice that? Well, not like playing it in on arcade. Um, technically, okay. it's the arcade version, I guess. I, arcade 1UP has a, a semi-rare burger time out there with the chef's hat and everything. Mm-hmm. It, it looks beautiful. Uh, somebody get it for Michael. <laughs> no, that's all right. Uh, Matt? So mine isn't a specific game as much as it is a series. Um, so... Boy, this has been a hell of a time to become a Yakuza fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let me tell you, yeah, if you're discovering new franchises uh, and you have a full year in lockdown, boy, one that every game is at least 100 hours is kind of the perfect, perfect uh, remedy for that. You know, I've I've invested a lot of hours into the Yakuza series o- over this past year. I'm in the thick of things with five. Right now I'm playing as a Japanese pop idol, Haruka. Uh, which is a nice change of pace for that game. L- less about street fighting, more about street dance competitions, which is fun. Um, but yeah, uh, cannot recommend it enough. And yes, it is, it is definitely, I think one of the reasons I love it so much is it's, it's that escapist fantasy. Like I get to go to Japan, uh, but also I get to go to Japan in cities completely jam packed with people. Can't help but run into those people throughout the cities and it's just, can't do that in real life. Oh, so uh, this yeah. stands shoulder to shoulder with a stranger. 
And you can do so nice. you get to do everything you don't get to do now. You get to eat out whenever you want at restaurants with oh. amazing looking food. There's bars you go to. Uh, you get to street fight people. Forget social distancing. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna brawl with you right now, buddy. We're going toe to toe. See? Wait, uh, wait. Uh, lockdown game. The best lockdown game ever is uh, for me, which according to my Switch data from last year actually was Mario 3D All-Stars and your days to get that are very numbered. You have about two weeks left to purchase that game. Oh, yeah. Um, physically or digitally. For real. Like, and, and that is 300 hour 100% games mm-hmm. in one and I think I, 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 the majority of my Switch time came from those games. Nice. Uh, they're very good. So, may, again, a reminder to our audience, save up whatever claims you got, go get 3D All-Stars. And I, I also loved the shit out of Ghost of Tsushima. Spent a lot of, lot of time in that. Platinumed mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those games where it's just like I did everything and now I kind of wish there was more. But uh, I mean, we were talking the other day yeah. about to, to Anthony about like there is more, but we got to mic up and get yep. better. Like I remember <laughs> yeah. we kind of we jumped good. into it and like I forgot. Oh, I forgot how to do everything, and now everything's like way harder. But there's a horde mode, uh, horror horde mode in Ghost of Tsushima, and I'm down to play it with you guys for real. All right. Cool. We'll have to get on that. But anyway, what game that's, got... That's Michael's way of saying no, by the way. Yeah. He's, no, Michael's never right. going to do it. No, that's my way of saying, like, yeah, sure, maybe. <laughs> Just shut up now and let me talk. <laughs> Please right. keep talking, by all means. All right. Uh, anyway, what game got you through a year of lockdown... Uh, maybe it was Animal Crossing. Maybe it was something much older that uh, is beloved mainly to you. Let us know. Go to vidgegameapocalypse.com. Answer into the comments for episode 408. Alternately, you can hit us up on the official LaserTime community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer. Or ping us on Twitter at VGApocalypse, and we will read the best answers on next week's show. Anyway, that's been this week's show. Um, let's go with some plugs. Uh, Chris, Matt, what do people need to hear about? We're talking about the best TV of the previous year um, on Laser Time this week, and uh, we're all caught up with the 302010 games, and 302010 is all new this week. And Matt and I over on twitch.tv slash Allen, did I get that right? You did. Uh, we did House Party, which was one of the most fun things I've ever... <laughs> so I, 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 the most fun time... I have not seen that movie in a very long time, that and that was just like... So it's from 1990. Can't, can't believe it's that old, but man, it holds up as just a fun It was wonderful. Movie. Yeah, thank you, Anthony Abbott, for joining us for that one. Um, for, for bringing up that all I wanted to do in 1990 was dance so fun, I impress five friends, and... <laughs> My life is so different now. It is, it we is we so discovered different. so much. Like we discovered that Robin Harris is like I t- totally forgotten. Like he he becomes an insult comic like midway through that movie, and it's like really, it's like oh shit, that guy is so funny and talented, and we lost him way too soon. So anyway. we 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 learned that the most R-rated kid in play ever got was a rap in jail where he slams Liberace and makes a bunch of AIDS jokes. Yeah. Uh, that's Great. in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah uh, this is kid in play. This is the G-rated rap group. They were out there forever like Yeah, they that. had a Saturday morning TV show. They did. They yeah. did. 
So that, yeah, you can you can go check out the archive of that uh, if you want kind of our ugly mugs up in video in one corner. It is BYOC. You're going to have to bring your own copy of the movie. But um, the other thing, I think we're making it available. I got Chris the audio. We're going to throw that up on the Patreon like the traditional commentaries we do where you can just listen along if you want. Um, you can pull up a copy of the movie and listen along with us. It was a good yeah, Patre- time. Patreon.com slash laser time is about to get fucking insane. So... Um Sign up, stay signed up, stay signed up. Uh, stick a Star Wars is about to get weird, and we have one of the best episodes of Bonus Time, the tentative title. Dan Amrick joined us to talk about starring in an erotic, erotic thriller in the 1980s. Um, it is one of the best shows we've ever done. <laughs> it, it has nothing to do with me, it's all Dan. So I'm just plugging Hero Falls and whatever else Dan is doing. Look for Dan Amrick, he's great. He is great. He is mm. great. He's a good follow on Twitter, just like I would like to think I'm a decent follow on Twitter. If you want to know when I'm streaming, that's the best way to find out. So follow me at Matty C. Allen. That's M-A-T-T-Y-C-A-L-L-E-N on the Twitter. Same handle as on Twitch. It's funny how that works. Follow me on Twitter, and you could be the first one to know if I tweet in the first time in three years. Yeah. Wow. There's, there's that. Yeah. What if I change my avatar from a holiday theme? It might happen. I doubt it. Didn't happen the last couple of years. I think your name is still Christmas Antista. Like the the I wouldn't know the actual name. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Uh, I'm a terrible follow on Twitter, but you should do it anyway at Wikiparas and uh, watch me get hassled by Seth Rogen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I did well. He he just he just uh, responded to something. I no, was. he was starting shit. I've now was seen really? so many threads of him starting shit. Yeah, dude, you're lucky you got out of that alive. <laughs> uh, he, I, I think he, I he, muted he, that one pretty quickly. Yeah, he was he, he was starting shit, huh. and I, I like Seth Rogen a lot. But like, I'm glad you ducked out of that. You had a very diplomatic way. Like, never mind. I was talking about Paul Rudd, not you. So send Paul here. To fight. I mean, Michael, you're in rarefied company with like Ted Cruz. Like he goes after Ted Cruz on Twitter, dude. Yeah, yeah, I know, yes. I know. It's uh, no, I, I love Seth Rogen. I don't, I don't want to fight Seth Rogen. Um, but anyway, uh, you can also follow us, the show, once again at BG Apocalypse, and visit PCMag.com to read more stuff by Mike Williams, our guest, um, since he's not here to plug his own stuff. Anyway, that has been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. I have gotten skunked here.